welcome to Adventures and Lollygagging. Steven's telling me I don't know how to read. You don't know how to read, damn it. You said it first. I was just agreeing with you. What? I didn't say it. I said I didn't know. <laughs> Whatever. You said I don't know how to read this. <laughs> I... <laughs> okay. Happy Saturday, everybody. I'm thinking Happy I'm thinking about this and like Saturday. Steven, Steven actually might be right in this particular situation. <laughs> well, that you. hurts Kat, to Kat say, doesn't it? I know it really does. Cat uh, has dropped the brand new Steven command in Twitch chat. Ooh. Look at it. Shiny yeah. new Steven's dogs plan to get rid of him tomorrow. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Steven hates dogs for some reason, um, which is <laughs> a clear sign uh, that he's a psychopath. Right? Who hates dogs? Who hates dogs? It's great. Even cats don't. Or at least dogs. what's going on? Or at least fifty percent of the dogs that he shares a residence with. He doesn't even like the other one. He just in comparison. Maverick to... used to get a lot of hate, and then Cricket mm-hmm. showed up, and it's exactly. all been redirected. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. You just uh, whatever. Anyhow, as you can see, we are down my tray tonight. Unfortunately, get better my tray. Uh, hopefully, we'll have her next week. Um, and uh, but we're gonna we're gonna gonna push on nonetheless, as there is a uh, there is stuff to investigate in Los Angeles, and we have four. We have three quality investigators here uh, to uh, to pursue those leads. I'll let you all figure out who I don't think is a quality investigator, Stephen. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and do some introductions? Uh, and we'll start. We'll start with Stephen. Stephen, tell us about Pastor Wood. Pastor Wood is an evangelist and retired uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, Walker is an important part of that job description. Uh, you said I'm a quality investigator, so I, I want to be the highest quality. I'm, I'm Chuck Norris from now on. Was he actually a good investigator? I mean, he kicked a lot of ass, and that's the important thing. Oh, oh, please pretend. Got it. Okay. Uh, next up. <laughs> next up. Uh, Melissa, tell us about Sissy May slash Marie slash May. I don't know what to call you. So, one <laughs> I of those. Get, I go by lots of different names. Uh, so uh, Marie Wynn, a.k.a. Sissy May, a.k.a. May, uh, is a jazz singer uh, by profession. Uh, she is known to be able to uh, find her way around Savannah and kind of be able to uh, keep some secrets, as it were. And so now she finds herself in... Uh, sunny Los Angeles, having conversations with um, women of the street, as it were, and um, watching her uh, co-investigator bribe some local folks. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of pretty. It didn't take long. It didn't take long for the debauchery of Los Angeles to overtake the party. (laughs) Super fast, super quick, super easy. No problem at all. Uh, next up, uh, Ashley, tell us about Dr. Beverly Key. Uh, she is our professor of anthropology and she got to do what she likes to do and that's hit the books. Uh, she's been in the library. She discovered a lot of, uh, interesting information for us that we are probably going to look into confirming a few things like pictures of people. Like what do they look like? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I also added to your character sheet the derringer that you asked for. Oh, uh, yeah, I bought a gun. You bought a gun. Uh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> <Can't> be. <laughs> I hope you're better than 
Hope you're better at shooting that thing than Bert is at our Monster of the Week game. <laughs> anything. I only He's got blown up a motorcycle. 20. He's sunk a boat. He's just mm-hmm. not hitting anything. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, that is in there. It was sixty bucks. Uh, so uh, I took I took some of your your spending cash away since it was more than your daily when you take into account the hotel that you guys are renting. Sweet. Uh, and the cars that you're renting. Uh, and then finally. We got Patrick Price. Long tell us about Patrick. Patrick Price here, your friendly neighborhood barber. If you need a shave or a cut, I'm your guy. Very nice. Very nice. We need to make like a an advertisement for Patrick Price's barber. Oh, that would be great. Shop. Yes. That's what we got to do. Uh, fantastic. Okay. So, uh, summary time. Uh, we are now in Los Angeles. Uh, you spent the last uh, session and a half here or so. You were continuing your investigation. Patrick and Sissy May slash Marie slash May. You two took the safe deposit uh, safe deposit box key that you found inside Douglas Henslow's hidden hidden cache, and you headed to Long Beach. Uh, Shima, Beverly, Pastor Wood, you all went downtown, and you started begin pouring over various uh, various public records, looking essentially for anything on the kind of Echeverria and a couple, a couple connections here and there. Uh, you did discover some tax records that identified Echeverria's home up until the 1924 massacre and some farmland that he had purchased north of the city. So you actually do have his home address and you have the address of that farmland to the north. Uh, the records also indicated that in the years leading up to 1924, for about four or five years or so, uh, somebody else was filing his taxes for him. And you have a signature for someone by the name of Abraham Buchwald, uh, B-U-C-H-W-A-L-D. Uh, you also found some newspapers from August of 1924. It took a while for you to kind of figure out exactly who you were looking for because the name was not all that uncommon. But when you kind of cross-reference with the date of the massacre, the deaths, etc., you did find an obituary uh, for Ramon Echeverria who is a philanthropist and he was a Highland Park resident. And that's the address that you have uh, as well. And you also found a gr- uh, the site of his gravestone, which is in Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale, California. Uh, there's no known next of kin. Uh, all his belongings were auctioned off by a company called the Magnificent Villa Auction Services. And the proceeds were donated to charity. Uh, Pastor Wood, you also looked into some information regarding the drug trade as that's been popping up here and there. Uh, you noticed that there was definitely an increase of concern and reports and, you know, vice squad issues in the 1920s. Uh, and there are also plenty of vague stories about uh, heroin and opium and, and cocaine. And it was somehow connected possibly maybe to the Okone crime family in L.A. Uh, now, you also did some some looks. So, so looking into stuff, Shoshima also was looking into things with Edgar Job, how he was uh, at UCLA as a student. And he had ties to a professor named George Ayers. So she actually went through some some university public records and noticed a very familiar name, Ed Exley, a former uh, touring wrestler and is now the head athletics coach for UCLA. Uh, down in Long Beach, Patrick, in May, you discovered that the First Bank of Long Beach had actually shut down following a 1933 earthquake when people started trying to get their money out and they just ran out of money. Uh, fortunately though, some very colorful locals that Marie has already referenced uh, did have some information for you. Uh, despite Patrick trying to get away from them as fast as he could, uh, that the government had taken over control and they had taken a lot of the everything that wasn't nailed down and they put it into a warehouse over in Signal Hill, uh, sort of still still near Long Beach. Uh, you got denied entry when you tried to get inside. 
uh, by a security guard and you were directed to like an FDIC in downtown LA. But Patrick was like, screw that. Uh, he, as you guys were spying a bit, you saw some, uh, a worker, a warehouse worker kind of engaging in what looked like a relatively seedy exchange with a pair of fairly well-dressed men, uh, kind of suspicious characters. And so you bribed that worker to retrieve your storage box, um, inside. Eventually you all kind of came back together inside. You found all manner of depraved photos, sex parties that seemed to be held at a lavish mansion mansion, but were kind of imbued, not with like, they weren't titillating. They were very, very unsettling to look at, uh, very, very much. So like there was a, this sort of like this overwhelming sense of wickedness. Uh, there were two familiar faces. One of them, all of you recognize Edgar Job. Uh, he was in a few photos, uh, younger, obviously, but then one or two of you noticed a, a, a celebrity, in fact, a B-level film actor from the early 1920s named Richard Spen, who was kind of best known for like horror films and like uh, his biggest role was a supporting role in a Clark Gable film. And his death kind of caused a bit of a stir. The details are still foggy. You're not entirely sure what those details were. But you remember vaguely that it was kind of reported strangely. Um, also in that deposit box was an encoded accounting book, uh, which Bev, you began deciphering. And in the back of the book, you found a discarded advertisement that had a handwritten message in the with the handwriting of Douglas Henslow mentions the name uh, Echeverria and, uh, and Buchwald. Uh, and we ended the session with Shima having a disturbing dream uh, where she saw Patrick and basically swamp water being swallowed and bitten a half by a large kind of gnashing mouth. And then when she woke, she saw Patrick in the darkness still kind of standing in her room, dripping and asking why that she didn't save him. So with that all in mind, we will pick up. Uh, it is morning time. Uh, we'll start in the uh, the suite that the three women of our party have taken. Uh, we are in Venice is where you guys got your uh, your hotel. The two of you wake up and as you're kind of moving about, kind of getting situated, going through whatever your morning routine might be, uh, it becomes apparent to you. Uh, as you're listening for voices, listening for moving around, knocking on uh, on Shima's door that um, Shima hasn't come out yet. And you're like, the, the sun is clearly shining through the the window of the shared room, like the, the shared sort of central uh, uh, central area where your bedrooms connect. And it's shining through. You can hear the sounds of the ocean. Uh, but she has not has not come out yet. What are the two of you doing? So I've already established that Beverly Key, some social niceties might not actually click with her. So after she's knocked like twice and she hasn't gotten a reply, uh, Beverly will let herself in, <laughs> presuming that she didn't set her alarm and she needs to wake her up. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, she's not in here. Uh, you notice that the bed is unmade. Um Slept in, but unmade. Go okay. ahead and roll a spot hidden, Beverly. Let's see mm -hmm. how that goes. You see a handful of her belongings. They're still here. Um, you can see uh, she still has her things. Uh, and it does look as though the bed was slept in. 66. That's a fail. Okay. You notice on the table uh, next, to, uh, next to her bed, uh, there's like a little nightstand. There is a a note and it does act, mm. it's like kind of folded up uh it looks to be using some basic stationery from the hotel and it just says uh dr bev 
I'll I'll grab it and I'll read it. Uh, you read through it, and it basically Shima is saying, you know, like you, as you it's a quick note. It's, it's like, don't worry, I'm fine. I had a few things I wanted to take care of today. I will catch up with everyone later. Yeah, uh, Beverly isn't a big fan of that, but she'll accept it. Um, especially sure. because she knows that Shima is uh, kind of broke at this moment, so she just worries about taking care of her mostly. Okay. Did As you wake you... her up? Uh, sh yeah, she's not here. Well, well, that's. She Unfortunate. left a note. She has some things to take care of. Um, I really wish that she had woken us up before she left. I could have given her some spending money or something. Oh my, my goodness, we should all be at least traveling in pairs. I agree. Uh, we'll have to speak with her when she returns. She didn't say where she was going. Uh, Marie, as you stand in the doorway, looking in at Beverly, who is next to the bed reading the nightstand, go ahead and you can roll spot hidden if you would like. Absolutely. Let me... Alphabetical, alphabetical, 50-50. My goodness. Okay. We're okay. blind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all you do is you notice she has her things around. Uh, it's in decent order it's just not a complete and utter slot but she's not extraordinarily neat at the same time somewhere vaguely in between um you do notice that she had the that little strange stone that you all had found uh, in douglas henslow's cache uh, on her bed um you know next to you know you guys had like you have you i think you have a lockbox out in the main suite uh it looks as though she might have been sort of peeking out looking at it maybe taking some notes about it but she left it here in the in the room. Oh well, I th thought we were we were going to lock all of these things up, were we not? And so she'll kind of go over, collect it, and go put it back in the lockbox. Okay. We need to make sure that all of these things are kept 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 safe, including her. her. But she will be fine. She will be fine. And so she's sort of saying this reassuringly to to Beverly. She will be fine. She can take care of herself. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we will cut over then to the gentleman's room where both of you have woken, gone through things, gotten ready, etc. Um, and I'll say at some point, the four of you meet up, maybe down in the lobby, maybe you have breakfast together, whatever it might be. Uh, what is the plan for the day? As we'll say, it's morning. Uh, everyone tells you, I'm presuming that uh, Marie or Beverly will inform you about Shima. But what's the plan for today, guys? Lovely morning, ladies. We've got a couple more places we have to check out. Uh, what did you both have on the agenda for today? Well, we still have to farm, find the farmland, but now there's an estate we have to figure out. Mm. Couple key figures, key places. You can split up in pairs. I did want to research uh, Abraham Buchwald some more. 
uh, I didn't really look into him yet. And there's a lot of information. And as I'm translating uh, this cipher, and she kind of goes on, maybe she's gotten about a page done at this point. Um, uh, you know, I found this key at the back and, and it mentions them. And I've, I've found the word once and I just, I'd like more context. Butchwald was the taxpayer. He's the yeah, accountant. That was the name accountant. that was signed on the taxes, uh, but also a name that was so named written Tantar. on that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, and uh, Douglas Henslow's writing. I'm interested to see how wrapped up he was in Echevera's life and if perhaps maybe if Echevera didn't actually die, if he assumed this identity or if he is a higher power in this cult than even Echevera was. So, so Beverly, you would probably want to just do some basic public records searching. Um, okay, it, it would it wouldn't take too long. Uh, assuming that he's still a resident of Los Angeles, probably wouldn't take too long. Um, it's not like an all day affair. It's it's like the equivalent of maybe taking an hour out of your morning to go to a public reference office to go to a public directory, look up the name, see if you can find it anywhere. So that kind of thing. Uh, you guys do have two rental cars at your disposal. I will say for for ease, we'll say Shyman did not take one. Uh, so if you wanted to uh, to split up, you're welcome to do so. If you wanted to stick together, that's fine as well. So Beverly is going to go to a public records. Does anyone go with her? Well, I spent all day yesterday reading through these books and accounting forms. I would prefer to go somewhere with a fresh breeze. Uh, I can go alone and just meet you guys. Well, for, for, for me, I, I was hoping, and perhaps the, the farm area is in the similar place. We do know that there is a gravestone uh, for Mr. Echeverria, and who knows, normally, and not necessarily a uh, point of interest necessarily, but perhaps uh, there might be something interesting there. Um, and she's sort of looking at a map of the area and so i believe that's up here in glendale so that seems to be off to the north is that northern is that up in the direction where the farm is that we would be kind of taking a trip up in that direction right that's Faster. a good area yeah i'll go with bed for now and we'll catch up with you okay we have a plan uh so pastor wood marie you're going to start heading north you're going to stop in glendale first uh to take a look at the cemetery and then proceed further north to uh to the farm address that you have does that does that sound good that's good patrick and beverly stay within la proper we're going to start with them because that's probably what would come first in terms of the timeline uh so bev i just need a library use check from you that's all uh, and that's it and patrick if there's anything else if there's anything you wanted to use like this sort of this time that beverly is going to going through basic directory if there's anything quick that you wanted to do uh you also could could take advantage of that would there be anything film related or movie related? Uh, oh, you need to go watch a movie. That? You <laughs> just want to no. do like you just want to look up like ho- like like basically like actors like and movie news actors. and stuff. Yeah, sure. I see. There's like advertisements for the name we found, Richard Spend. If he's still okay, acting. yeah, sure, we could do that too. Um, okay, so go ahead, and we'll say you can give like um. I mean, honestly, the library use would probably be fine as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would say that that's probably fine too. So I yeah. paid the luck to pass um, the three luck needed. 
Okay, sounds good. I failed seventy six over twenty. Okay. Um, what else? What what you what do you find, Patrick? You're still going to find something, uh, even even with a fail. You will, as you were looking him up, uh, you do actually, you do notice that he is deceased, uh, obviously, uh, but you find a uh, you find a obituary for him. Uh, so I'll go ahead and share that with you. Uh, you all can see it now. Uh, you're welcome to read that if you would like for everybody. Richard Spend, dead at 32. Richard Spend, 32-year-old film star, died in his sleep last night from natural causes. Spent who shot. Spend, who shot to prominence in the film version. Zane Gray's The Man in the Forest, opposite Clark Gable, in 1923, was reported discovered in his home by his sister, Yolanda Spenzel, early this morning. As the brown-eyed god, Spend was among the top 20 box office attractions in 1924. News of his death spread quickly in a round town and chilled a plush Hollywood gathering at the annual Young Actresses Depot Hall. By an ironic touch, Spen had taken out a full-page ad in the Ball program. It simply read, Thanks, Libby. Signed to Richard Spen. A touch tribute to his co-star, Olivia Clarendon from The Black Cat. His death comes as a shock to both his fans and the Universal, where he was preparing to appear in R Rupert Julian's Phantom of the Opera. And that was very easy to track down. Like you, you knew, like you found out he was dead. Uh, and like this official, uh, this sort of official obituary came out. Um, then Beverly, you, uh, you, you were successful. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you said you spent, uh, yeah, you spent just regular okay. success. All right. So what you then find as you're sort of looking up the name, Abraham Buchwald, uh, as you do, in fact, find that he is very much alive. And not only that, his name shows up uh, in a uh, uh, as a member of the Organization of Professional Accountants. Uh, and he seems to be an active accountant currently working in Los Angeles. Uh, you, as you're kind of going through these records, you do find his offices downtown Los Angeles. You have the address for it. Uh, it's actually not that far away from where the two of you are. Um, you guys all kind of ventured a little bit further away from Venice, more central, uh, like away from the coast a bit. Uh, so you you actually are not that far away. Um, he also has a Highland Park neighborhood address, uh, but that seems to be his home address. So that's what shows up on the register for him. Okay. Any follow up on either of that for you two? Um, so I found his offices. He's still practicing as an accountant. Um. Should we attempt to make an appointment? If you wish to go, we can. It couldn't hurt. Um, okay. Yes. And so, yeah, maybe we'll head over and see okay. if we can get a walk-in with... And we'll say that's that's the next thing you guys do. You guys get back into your car and you sort of venture off uh, into the next, next neighborhood over, seeing if you can uh, find his offices. Uh, we'll cut though to Pastor Mar Pastor and Marie uh, as you guys were driving northward. It's another absolutely beautiful day uh, as you guys are driving through. Um, you at a certain point as you're you kind of you you get out near strangely enough this this for, uh, Forest Lawn Cemetery, like uh, you have to park 
um, kind of on the street a little further away, but you, you pass by what looks like some kind of farmer's market kind of deal going on on the street. You can see vendors are selling this abundance of like oranges and lemons and other citrus and things. And you can almost smell the citrus in the air. And like one of them, as like you, as you guys are kind of dusting off and straightening off your, your clothes as you step out of the car and get ready to kind of walk another block over towards the cemetery, one of them just kind of tosses uh, like an, an orange right in the direction uh, of, we'll say, Marie, and kind of gives you like a little wink uh, and, uh, She'll wink and a back. smile. And he, and he sort of, he blushes and he kind of motions down to this huge, uh, this huge cart, this huge vendor cart filled with all sorts of other fruit. And um, Marie will sort of look over at uh, Pastor Wood. Uh, well, I suppose if we're going to be out and about today, we should probably uh, make sure we have something nutritious to eat. And she'll like throw him the orange and kind of walk over. Okay. It's a nice little pleasant exchange. You buy another piece of fruit and he asks you, like you exchange like wonderful weather, very, very generic conversation and is happily take some coins from you um, from the food. Uh, but then you guys uh, proceed into the gravesite itself, into Forest Lawn Cemetery. Um, it is a, it's not hard to enter. It's like the, it, it's it's actually beautiful, well well taken care of. You can tell the lawn itself is lush and green. There's uh, gravestones that are neatly laid out that kind of go off in different directions. The slight undulation of hill, a few locations that look to have some colorful blooms happening as well. Um, you get the sense that this is sort of a well taken care of, like whoever tends to this place uh, is quite nice. Um, now, you know that his gravestone is here. Uh, there is a there's also a like a, a cemetery like office, like an official's office, uh, you, which you don't necessarily know what plot he is, but you just know he has a gravestone here. So a quick moment in there might allow you to go do it. Uh, and I kind of sort of track down exactly where his gravestone might be. Um, so with that in mind, uh, you guys are here, uh, you're looking around it's a beautiful day. You got your fruit. What is it the two of you would do? So Marie would probably actually sort of take us like, usually she's kind of a, a, has no problem kind of walking ahead or whatnot, but sort of given that it's a cemetery, she sort of kind of looks a little bit to Pastor Wood, sort of as if like he should kind of take the lead in kind of walking here, um, which may be a little odd that she's just sort of like her pace is slowing down a little bit and she's sort of waiting for you to go ahead. Do the dead frighten you? Oh, no, I, I it just seems that you have probably spent time in places like this, perhaps bringing comfort to those that you have uh, witnessed to? Well, I've dug a few graves in my time, but I'm not the sort of pastor that spends much time in a graveyard. Ah, focus, focused on the living souls and saving them before uh, such times come. I travel to the people that need to hear the word, and, well, it's too late for the dead. This is this is quite... Uh, I, I, uh, it's a lovely day and I wouldn't mind being out for a stroll, but perhaps we might want to, uh, ask about where we're headed and it's a lot of walking around to do otherwise. 
I believe I know the way. I just need to head north and west, and we'll be able to find it just by walking along the road here. We'll we'll look at. I'm not one for stopping for directions. I I, I see. I I I am perhaps. So we'll. You know what? We will. We will make a game of it, and we will see which of us finds our way to where we need to go uh, quickest. Because it will take me a while to go inside and chat, and you might find it first. Well, I would hate to leave you unescorted. If you're going to go inside, I'll wait for you. I I see. Very, very, very kind of you. And she kind of hands you the other uh, fruit. And like you can um, just, might, might be a little odd to walk inside with, with that. Uh, thank you very much. She opens the door and heads in. Okay. I walk uh, in behind got... her with the fruit. <laughs> you're such a <laughs> troll, man. Like all your characters just eventually merge and become a troll. Uh, you, <laughs> you step into the offices. Uh, someone uh, has put some kind of air freshener, incense, candle, whatever. Uh, you, very modest room. Um, you can see behind this desk, uh, there is an array of shelves that have all sorts of binders that you probably are tracking various things like, you know, where are the plots accounting who is you know being charged for like the various plots like because these are, are, are places that might need to be um, paid for, etc. Uh, and you see there is an elderly woman, probably in her late 60s, early 70s or so, uh, who looks up at you uh, with kind of cooling down what looks like a cup of tea uh, or coffee. Uh, she's like, well, hello there, sweetie. Is there something I can help you with? Well, hello. Good day to you. And she... Of expects that she'll respond. To, Ethel, to, you can call me Ethel. Yes, yes, Ethel, Ethel, Ethel Forrester. Uh, yes, uh, Mrs. Forrester. It is uh, good to meet you today. It's a lovely day outside. Oh, it's very lovely indeed. Yes, it's very lovely. Absolutely blue skies, fresh air. You almost forget that the dead are interned beneath our feet. Well, yes, that, that and that that is why we are here. In in fact, but uh, you know, no, no sense oh. skipping over the pleasantries. I'm so very sorry. Have you have you lost someone? Are you looking to uh to org- organize a plot for burial? Uh we we are actually looking to uh, pay our respects to someone already here. Oh, I see. I see. Of course. Of course. Of course. I see from your look on your face and your gentleman behind you that you're not entirely certain where to locate them. Is that correct? That that is exactly correct. You read my mind. No, well, I have that sort of effect on people. And also, there's usually two reasons people come inside here. One is to purchase a plot and the other is to locate a loved one. So, since you've already said you're not doing the former and... uh, it must be the latter. Now, can I have a name? Uh, yes, absolutely. And and she'll spell the name. And so he and she'll kind of go through spelling. Echevarria. I see. I see. Uh, okay. Uh, and do you know the year of uh, a burial? Uh, yes, I believe it was uh, 1924. Well, 1924, 1924. And you can see she pulls out this big, boom, this tome. She starts flipping through, flipping mm. through, going through. Ah, yes, here it is, here it is, yes. Um, hmm, uh, okay, uh, it's very, very simple. Uh, row L, 
uh, you want to look for. Uh, it's uh, it's off to the northeast. Uh, row L, and it'll be the sixth plot down. It's a beautiful gravestone. Very expensive. Very expensive. I told you it was to the northeast. Indeed you did. You, We probably would have found it just by your directions. Just... Uh, if either of you, or both, uh, you could roll spot hidden really fast if you would, if you would like to. That is an extreme success. 12 under 84. Okay. Nice. Uh, Pastor, as you're lingering behind Marie and Marie is doing the talking, you glance down at the desk where Ethel Forrester uh, is kind of flipping through, and you do notice that the book she has, this this very thick tome, it's not just like location. You can tell that there's other information, and it's and with an extreme success, you notice that there's uh, it's sort of like an invoice accounting kind of thing. It's like who is it paid for? You know, who is actually paid for this? And you do notice a name uh, in one of the an extra name name you haven't heard before, uh, and a name that's in the column. Uh, over like like who who was billed for it or who paid for it? Uh, it's paid for by the name the someone by the name of Samson Trammell. With your extreme success, you're able to read it upside down without an issue. <laughs> That's how I read the Bible every morning. Okay. Does does Pastor Wood have like one of those little like? notebooks is he like taking this out and like writing this down or is he just making a mental note of this uh that would be a mental note i did not bring my notebook in fact i i'm surprised i could read it without my glasses on i i must have misplaced them oh, oh what, dear what, wow. what are you what exactly are you reading my dear man no that was a mental monologue rather than <laughs> but your lady friend responded to you <laughs> well i'm a i'm a telepath Oh, well, I'm just going to have to call the LAPD. We have a psychopath <laughs> on our hands. Now, where's that phone? Okay. <laughs> I offer to the nice lady all this fruit that I don't want to carry. These are just the rinds, sir. You've already taken all of the pulpy juiciness from them. <laughs> well, I didn't see a trash can outside. Is there anywhere I could dispose of these? I can dispose of them for you, certainly. Not You're so kind. And she just Pastor, did you eat our lunch already? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I packed a lunch, but I did eat the the fruit you gave me. I, I thought you wanted me to. Oh, that's no, that's fine. I'll just I'll just go back out to the fine young folks you, outside and just get some. You guys hear? You guys hear? <clears throat> as she's looking yes, up at you, like pen in hand, looks like. Is there anything else I can do for you? Oh, no, just, you've you've just been splendid today. Thank you so very My much. My condolences, then. Enjoy your visit with your loved one. Thank you, ma'am. Ma'am. Hope you get outside to enjoy this fine day. Perhaps. Uh, so the two of you head out. Uh, you, without issue, uh, you find the gravestone, the, you find northeast section of the cemetery, you find... Uh, sort of row L, you find plot six, and she's not wrong. It is a absolutely beautiful marble headstone. Uh, it definitely stands out amongst the rest of the stones in this row, and honestly, most of the most of the gravestones within the cemetery itself. 
uh, as it is very gaudy uh, and attractive. Um, and you can see the name listed, Ramon Echeverria, as you suggested, or as you know, uh, the date of date of death is corresponds almost exactly uh, to August fifteenth, nineteen twenty four, which was the with the listed date in the obituary, which is around the time in which uh, Douglas Henslow and Edgar Job said that this craziness happened within the farmland. Are there any flowers? Does it have one of those, you know, kind of little cups where people put flowers or any notes or any anything there? It is completely barren. Is there a phrase or anything etched into it? There is nothing of that sort other than, I should say, it does say Ramon Echeverria, a, a, a wonderful philanthropist. That is it. My apologies. Um, what, how does does his age seem to match? Like his does his date of birth on the headstone seem to match the age that we thought he was? Yeah, like you would probably like he was sort of described somehow in like his thirty somewhere between his like mid thirties to like early forties or so. And yeah, that matches up. Okay. Okay. Just making sure that everything seems in order. Well, he's Anything either dead else? here or someone paid to make it seem like he's dead. And I see no reason why he would want to fake his death for 10 years. He'd He'd probably standing right indeed. over him. Well, I... But you were able to gather some information, were you not? Yeah, it was paid... The grave was paid for by a man named Sam Trammell. I, well, it is. I don't recognize the name, but I, I don't either. But it is good they to paid top dollar. Have another lead to follow. Excellent. Okay. Is there anything else that the two of you uh, would like to do at the cemetery? Yeah, I want to do a full autopsy. Okay. <laughs> you spend the next seven hours digging up. Uh, uh, okay, so you guys leave. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go to the farmland. We've okay. established we know where the gravestone is, and if we need to dig it up later that night, we can. Yep. Uh, when you return to your car, uh, and we'll say you've been here maybe 45 minutes, not very long, um, return to your car, you can see that whatever kind of stalls and vendors had been set out for the morning uh, have packed up. Uh, they are no longer here, and and you actually see down an alleyway. You, you there's like this horrific foul stench that just seems to waft in your direction, uh, va like drastically contrasting with that sort of citrusy fragrance that you had just just not even an hour ago. Uh, but you look around, and like the the like the cart, like they're all still here, but like no one's no one's kind of selling. Some people are kind of packed up. Others are lingering here or there, but that as you kind of move to your your car, just oh god, it's horrific. I must say, uh, curiosity has gotten the best of me. I've been in a lot of places and smelled a lot of things, but that is quite a unique odor. I wouldn't mind seeing what that is about. You want to go closer to the stench? Well, that is I the way to your instincts are appease one's curiosity. Quite unique, then. Very well. And let's she's 
she's walking off. Like you can, you can choose to follow or not, but she's, yeah, he's not going to leave you alone. He'll go away. <laughs> okay. It is five steps into the alley past what looks like a mound of, uh, of like trash and things like that. When you see that mound of trash suddenly stir. And when you look down, you realize there is a, a man sprawled out within it. Uh, his clothes are, uh, kind of torn and stained and old and, and, and sort of, uh, it looks like he's been wearing them for, for days, if not weeks. Uh, as you get closer, you realize that the aroma of, of it is, is sort of body odor mixed with, um, kind of this, this sort of tang of hard liquor that you can, you, you, you can kind of get wafting up in his direct uh, up from his direction and when he shifts it's sort of unconsciously as he just kind of moves around and he groups together a couple chunks of like newspaper or uh, or debris to kind of almost prop his head up on the ground and this 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 little arrangement here seems to be the source of that that stench uh sir wake up <laughs> Take a bath, jump in the river, something, so we don't have to smell you on the street. What river? Ain't no river. I don't see no river. There's a little thing called the Pacific Ocean. You might want to try that. Pacific Ocean's not a river. Pastor, we are not in walking distance of the ocean. It looks like he's got nothing else to do. Might as well start walking. Sleeping on the street. All wow, right. such All judgment right. coming from a pastor. Sir, do you have accommodations? Uh, what's that, ma'am? A comma what? <sighs> you, now, if you he had accommodations, a... you think he'd be sleeping in an alley? Mm. Occasionally, he's got two nickels to rub together. Place why? Well, I have Sir. a mind to rub my fist. Right in your face, you keep talking like that, mister. In front of the lady? You could even stand up. You can see. Maybe I have the strength to stand after all. And he goes to stand up, and he immediately falls over. Nope, I do not. Oh, God. Sir, is that... do, Do you... Do you have somewhere that you lay your head that is not the side street of a cemetery? Oh... Uh, well, uh, there's a side street near uh, near grocery grocery land area that I do, and then when uh, near the ocean, there's some nice places on the coast, and whew, there's a lot of places you can lay your head down here that are better than other places you can lay them down. I can say that. Yes. Uh- Dear, uh, but but somewhere that perhaps might have a shower. Is, is there a is there a is there a church nearby? Ah, uh, you got no use for churches. Uh, it's all just make believe. They just try to mind control you and take your money and that sort of thing. Promise, you like you've got plenty of money to take. Yeah. What? Where is your charity? Charity. If he wants help, he can work for it. Well, do you hire him? No. This is a cemetery. There are grieving families that don't need to see you and smell you. And this, uh, they're going through quite a traumatic time. 
Your face is gonna go through traumatic time once you stand up. Nope, nope, not yet. Just hang around for 10, 15 more minutes. I should be ready to go. Well, if I if I had fresh citrus, I would have given you some, but uh, this one ate all of it, unfortunately. I he looks like a plump fellow, so that makes sense. Ah, uh, well, sorry. And she'll kind of grab some coins, and um, I do hope that you are able to find a shower. Well, hold on. Like we said, you, you want charity, you got to work for it. You yeah, around the cemetery very often, iron, and you said no. And she gave uh, the coins to me already, Mister. If well, if sounds like he might have some questions. If you could be so kind as to perhaps answer a few questions, then I think we would be all square. Uh, what kind of questions? How often are you around the cemetery? Uh, Is one of your common hangouts? Common, ha- yes, sir. At least once a week before the LAPD rolls in and ushers us away. You ever see anything strange around here outside of the LAPD? What do you mean strange? Any people that gather here that don't look like they're grieving? Mm, No, nothing like that, I don't think. You get some of the... Some of the users... And such, a couple blocks away, they, uh, on some strange things. I don't subscribe to that kind of, uh, of ingestion. I am purely a liquor man. Uh, but there are others in the area that have partaken in far more sinister things. Is that what you mean? Is he, you're a pastor? Is that right? Yes. That's... Sure, that can be what I mean. These people who do partake, Mm. is there a source that they get it from? Anything that you would know? Mm. There's folks who give it out themselves and things like that nature. Uh, but like I said, I do not partake, so I am not privy to names nor locations. Does the Okone name mean anything to you? I got nothing to do with them. I know better. You want them? Head out to the ports and you can get on one of their ships and that's that. They won't let someone of my... And he stands up at this time, steadies himself against the wall and like almost sounds... Almost looks like he's fixing his coat. They will not let someone of my uh, status on one of their party ships. We shall see. Now, I believe... Retribution is an order. Where would you like it, sir? The chin. You you have coins, and you have coins. We have answers. We seem to be all square. Yes, yes, we're all square. Asterwood starts rolling up his sleeves. We go, buddy. My heavens, the two of you just 
Thank you, sir. I do believe that we are just fine. Party ships at the docks. Thank you very much. And she's like linking her with faster wood. You <laughs> Thank run. you, sir. You yellow belly coward. Thank you, sir. A lovely day. And the two of throwing out the hooks, <laughs> trying to bait. <laughs> trying to bait so bad. I just want to get a, you're gonna get into a fight with a drunk on Snag it 2.0. <laughs> He's got so much damage reduction. <laughs> All right, the two of you get in your car reluctantly for Pastor Wood, and you continue your drive. We will cut back then to downtown LA where Beverly and Patrick, you have arrived at the building uh, that has, that is associated with, uh, the, uh, with Abraham Abukvold. Uh, it is a, uh, it, it, again, just like most buildings within LA, they're all, there's a, there's sort of a limit to how tall they can be. None of them are these, uh, gigantic skyscrapers that you might see in Arkham or, uh, Chicago or New York, et cetera. They're, they're much lower. Um, it's also very busy today. You can see tons of folks on the, on the street coming and going, uh, it is a sort of, a, again, beautiful day, even in downtown L.A. Uh, as the two of you uh, come in, um, go ahead and roll spot hidden. Uh, both of you can do it. As you enter into the lobby of this building, which you can tell immediately is a few stories high and is is a professional building that has many uh, different businesses and services within. It's not just like one building for one company. It seems like many people live in here rent various office space within uh, so let me know fail. how you do. Over 45. Uh, okay. Just failing all over the place in the so far. And I don't have enough luck to... Okay. To uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Patrick, would you want to... I don't either. Luck? Okay, fair enough. Uh, so you are going to... So you, you come in, um, you look at the sort of the records for... Like, like you see, like there's a, a roll on the on the wall. You can see the various businesses and such. And you see a Buchwald accounting and you see it's on the second floor. You head on up and you go into his office. Uh, you can see it's a very, very small office. Uh, there does not appear to be any customers here, but there is uh, a secretary's desk behind which is a secretary. And you can see that it attaches to uh, what appears to be Buchwald's actual office. You can see his name on a wooden door with a placard over top of it. It's currently the door is closed. Uh, but when you come in, uh, the woman who I would say is probably in her 30s looks up at you. Uh, she's got this sort of beautiful windswept hair and like a uh, kind of almost uh, like ribbons and things here and there and a, kind of a big wide face. And she smiles as you are and she says, what can I do for the two of you today? Welcome to uh uh, Mr. Buchwald's uh, accounting services. My name is Pamela. Can I can I help you all? Do you have an appointment with Mr. Buchwald? Uh, good morning, man. Good morning, I'm sir. Mr. Price, and this is Dr. Key. Good morning, Mr. Price, Dr. Key. Doctor. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> what can I do for you? Uh, is Mr. Buchwald available this morning? Ah, uh, is he available? Um, let, let me check. One, one moment, please. Uh, well, he actually has an appointment in approximately 15 minutes right now. I believe he's going to be prepared for that. Uh, I could, uh, make an appointment for you. Oh, he is, well, he's booked for the rest of the day, I'm afraid. Um, how is next week? Would that do? 
uh, next Monday, shall we say, 10 a.m.? Not sure if we'll still be in California then. Um, are you sure we couldn't just speak with him briefly before his next appointment? I could. Ooh, I've heard um, about his work, and honestly, he seems to be the best of the he best. He's very good. He's a, a fine, upstanding man, one of the best accountants in all of Los Angeles, indeed. Uh, what is it regarding? Could I, does he does he know you? Have you have a recommendation? Is there a, a name that you were uh, you were given? Yes, we were recommended. Um, and she looks to, to Patrick. <laughs> this is Ashley asking, uh, do we name drop or no? <laughs> uh, Dr. Key is a fine doctor with a large accounts and we think Bookworld might be able to cover this. She's looking to become a philanthropist herself. Okay. Yeah, I uh, am looking to grow my wealth. Uh, I do come across quite a few things in my excavations, and they could be infested. Yes. Aren't they I, called operations, my dear? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm a doctor of anthropology. Oh. Is that the one where you explore pyramids and things I haven't done that yet but would love to oh well that's very delightful oh um well one moment let, let, let me step in um and she'll she'll peek in I'll give you guys an opportunity if you want to sort of try to tap into a role if you want to do a fast talk you could throw a fast talk out um either one of you could do it you. And I since the two of you are doing it, whoever rolls talk. it, I'll give you a bonus die since you teamed up. I know neither of you are good at fast talk. Fast talk is a We both have a five. Fast talk is like bullshitting someone. Even Marie's not very good at fast talk. <laughs> it's under art uh, art and craft at the bottom. No, it's not. It's just, it's just under F for fast talk. E yeah. You don't okay, have so to roll it. You just have to roll it. You don't have to roll it. I'm just giving you an opportunity if you wanted to roll it. You could roll gonna, low. I'm not going to roll it. She's She has like a computer or a booklet that she... No computer. Uh, it's just a little, little early for computers. Typewriter right. uh, and, and some various logs and things. Uh, but that's about it. Um, okay, that's fine. She'll So she'll step in. Um, and you see her. She'll open the door very slightly. And then she'll kind of step in, but she won't close it all the way. And you can kind of hear uh, her voice uh, as she says, "I'm so, I'm so very sorry, Mr. Bootball. Do we have a we have a a, a, a lovely young couple here who uh, who is looking to um they, they need your advice apparently. Um, she's a doctor. She apparently has very large accounts that she needs. Um, yes, I told them that you are all booked up, but they they seem so very lovely. Uh, um, uh, could you perhaps just spare spare ten minutes, perhaps?" Um, yeah, yes, Mr. Bookwell. Of course, Mr. Bookwell. Yes, indeed. Uh, and she steps out, and then she says to you, well, Doctor, uh, Mr. Price, uh, that will be, uh, you have ten minutes, uh, so please, make it quick. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, you're such a lovely couple. I'm. He, he's, uh, he's just very excited to talk to you. And you push inside, 
And you can see sitting behind, uh, it's, a, it's again, it's a nice looking office. Large, it's a little bit larger uh, than the one that Pamela was in, obviously. Uh, it has a window that goes out uh, over, the, over the city. And you can kind of see its curtains are drawn wide. And you can see other uh, beautiful view. Uh, you don't see the ocean, but you see other, uh, other buildings and such here and there. Uh, and you kind of get the vague sound of traffic and the, vo the voices and sounds of the street below. Um, and you see sitting across from you is a man and probably is like, you would peg him probably maybe in his late thirties or so. Uh, and he, he is, sort of, he's well-dressed, uh, kind of a sort of blondish hair that's kind of going a little bit white on the sides. You can kind of see a little bit of maybe a little stress and such. Uh, he has on his very beautiful lacquered mahogany like desk that's facing you as you come in. There's a, a small couch off to the side and two chairs in front of him. Uh, and he has various plaques and accomplishments up on the wall newspapers that are framed of him meeting uh, with various important figures of the city uh, as you come in. Uh, but you also notice that there are several framed like uh, drawings and pictures that look well, the quality of them is not quite great. You would probably you think they might be a child's drawing, that kind of thing. Uh, I'll give you a give you a little picture of him. You'd like to see um, his uh, his jacket is currently off and is over the back of his chair. And he's got this green tie and this this one little curl of hair keeps going down. Uh, his forehead that he's kind of messing with as he's kind of tucking his shirt in and standing up to greet the two of you as you come in. Uh, so give that. Uh, so, uh, so he looks to you uh, and he says, uh, well, I am told that uh, you are needing my help. Is that correct? Uh, Dr. Key. Is, is that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, something uh. about very large accounts. Um, I must say, uh, this is only going to be a preliminary meeting, I'm afraid, uh, as I do have a very full schedule today. Understandable. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Um, we were just seeking some... I just really wanted to meet you. I want to know who I'm reaching out to to see about investing uh, my money. I understand that, of course. You, know. you are... Uh... Using your your funds, your your investing with me, I can tell you that I have, I can I can give you several. Uh, well, I can give you several folks who have uh, have worked with me over the past. I've made them a great deal of money. Could you give us a few examples? Uh, and he just starts kind of going through a list of various small local businesses, uh, things that sort of check off. Like they got to pass through, and he'll point to like down the street this you know, this particular industry, that particular industry, just kind of listing all of them are kind of at first glance, if you recognize any of them, sound kind of on the up and up. Okay. And, um, you know, how do I approach this? Yeah, so uh, Dr. Key here. She's, we've been looking around and it seems you've worked with big names and Echevera, a big philanthropist in the area. And we've heard his face just like sinks. Uh, you yes, know that name. Well, his voice, his voice even starts to shift a little bit. Uh, Dr. Key name. is wants to give back to the community and philanthropist of his size, given the various charities. I see. Uh, sure, I can understand that. Uh, you want to? Uh, uh, you, uh, Mr. Echeverria, was a very. Uh, uh, dedicated and charitable man uh, he passed many years ago and I, 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 I must say that I, I 
I was merely an accountant. I back in the day, I did not necessarily do any of his investments, or it's really just a glorified uh, secretary, if you will. Um, but yes, uh, I did handle some of his finances. You know, I I'm a doctor of anthropology, and I know he had a lot of rare books. Were you involved with his estate sale whatsoever? Uh, why? I thought this was about your, um, you had some, uh, some large accounts you wanted me to take care of, and now you're asking me about Mr. Echeverria's books. Madam, I would, uh, just as soon you be a little bit more transparent about your, um, motivations here, because it seems that you have, uh, entered into my office under faulty pretenses. And I have a lot of work to do today. I I, I do have uh, accounts and such that I'm also interested in. I just I get so distracted and and locked in on on things that I'd like to acquire. So I do apologize. Um, did you? I'd, I'd love to have you handle my books, but uh, do you I know don't anything? I believe that is true. Oh, we're not going to take much more of your time, but we'd just like to know where this house is. Where? What house is? That's where it's property. You already have that information. Yeah, we, we do have, have oh, that we as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have his address, you have the farmland properly, so yeah. Then we'll make this quick. Your name's linked with Etevere, and we're looking into him. You're looking into him. Or digging up the past for what reason? Friends of ours. They've gone unstable. What do you mean unstable? They're locked up. In mental... Yeah, in a mental asylum. And they were associated with Echeverria? Yes. Well... That's probably where they should stay then. Safer for them and safer for the rest of us. So you didn't have any experience with his parties then? Kind of raises an eyebrow. Um, Beverly, uh, what do you got for charm? What do you got for or persuasion? Either one of those two will say. Uh, I have 35 for charm. And persuade, I have 10. Okay, you can roll charm. This luck has got to turn around. It's got to get better. Of, this is less <laughs> of binary pass me. <laughs> Again, this is less a binary like pass fail. It's more just sort of like setting the mm. tone for the interview. If you would like to spend 19 luck to... Uh, make that a pass so that he's a little bit more yeah. willing to talk to you. Um, okay. So you spend the luck. <clears throat> yeah. I uh, I know about his parties. I didn't attend any of it. He hosted orgies. That's the plain truth. Let's just get it out there. Yes. Um. What involvement did you have, or was it just strictly financial? I did his books. 
did his accounting, filed his taxes, handled some of his finances for various businesses and trades. And when, uh, and when he died, um, I was the executor of his estate. So you did handle the auction then? I didn't handle it, but on the first floor of my building, magnificent villa, I, uh, I use them, auction services. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, he had a lot of uh, obscure reading materials. Um, were you aware at all of where any of those went or did you handle them or was that strictly the auction then? They were auctioned off as part of it as far as I understand specifically to whom I can't be entirely certain. I know that um, UCLA college bought up some other collectives probably brought some others and imagine uh, Trammel took some as well uh trammel samson trammel well do you know what their relationship was in a circle what's this all about who are you people might be better if you didn't know that mm, fair enough Listen, you're asking questions about things that I would rather you not ask questions about. You're digging up the past. Things have been buried for more than a decade now. I am a family man. I am a not insignificant figure in society. I follow the laws. I follow the rules. Ask anyone in this building. Ask anyone in this town. They know my name. They know me to be good at what I do. Mm -hmm. And a testament to society. It was a bad time. I didn't subscribe to all that. All of that. I was never at any of his, his parties. I, uh, I did, I will admit handle the books on the nectar trade but that was my that was the extent of my involvement when he died things were difficult but I started getting other clients eventually and I rebuilt my reputation so I'd appreciate that this conversation stays between us oh it, it will uh, regarding the nectar trade who exactly was it that you were making payments to? All sorts of folks. There's a, a network. He, um, he had a... I'm not exactly sure where he got it from, but... Metrophoria, he had a drug. They called it Nectar. It's worth more than its weight in gold. As far as I know, it was worse than opium or heroin or... Take your pick. Um, they sold it to uh, distributors, 
I documented some of that in the accounting books. And I saw some people do, um, I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is, this cult, mm-hmm. this flock, whatever whatever it is. Some, um, some very jaded outsiders, fringe of uh, the burgeoning Hollywood scene, um, that kind of thing. I know at one point, um, I know at one point Echeverria wanted to uh, negotiate for something uh, with the Okone family, broader distribution or some such. But I don't know much about those negotiations other than they took place. Something about his ships, maybe. I don't even know if they turned out really well. They started shortly before everything went to shit. Um, and then speaking of the flock, yeah. did any of them have tattoos that you witnessed? Um, Maybe. Or markings? As I said, I didn't go to the orgies. Right, so you didn't have any other dealings with the flock members? I didn't. I didn't really... I didn't really talk with the regulars. Mr. Echeverria and I did most of our work in uh, one-on-one sessions, occasionally Samson. But that's about it. I know that, um, yeah, I know he was a kind of an odd man, very strange guy. But uh, no, like I said, I handled the books. I didn't partake in either the sex or the drugs. I did the books as a young kid. What do you want me to say? Did what you had to, I understand. Did Samson purchase the farm property? No, I don't think so, no. If I recall, I'd have to dig into it, but I'm pretty sure that got sold off to a development company. I don't think Samson cared at all for it. House, too. I don't know. Some real estate developers live in there now, I think. Any other type of properties that Echevera uh, kept off the books? Mm, no, not just the two. If if there's anything off the books, I kept the books, and I kept the other ones too. Got it. And uh, nothing like that. No. Okay. Uh, Patrick. No, you've helped us a good deal. We've taken up enough of your time. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not in the scene, but question from chat that I was curious about. Since um, there were some photos that were looked at, would that face be familiar from any of the photos now that they've seen him in person? You've never seen that face before. In your, you've never seen uh, Abraham's face before in your life. Okay. Uh, if either one of you would like to roll a psychology test, you most certainly can. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, give it a rip. Psychology is something that all of us have more than five in, thank goodness. Very mentally sound. <laughs> Regular success. 40 under 75. Um, you can definitely tell that he is... He's hiding something. Like he's kind of holding something back. He's 
He's he's giving you info, but at the same time, you can see he kind of stops his sentences here and there, and then like he talks, kind of drifts off, kind of looks off to the side here and there. You can tell he's he's kind of kind of hiding something. Well, Mr. Abib, I know we've brought some hard-hitting subjects today. If you don't want to see us again, or if you're hiding something from us, let's let it out now before we leave. You threatening me? For your own safety. For my own safety. <laughs> you know, uh, that's funny. It's funny you say that. You know, um, you know what the strangest thing Mr. Echeverria ever said to me? One day, we were just sitting around uh, in a study. We were going over some accounts. All those books. Anyhow, he looked up at me out of the blue. And he said, Abraham, would you like to know something truly perverse? And it was the kind of question that's rhetorical. He doesn't care about whether I answer yes or no, because I would have said no. But he kept going, because that was his way. He said, uh, he said, those who follow me, those who follow the way of Golgoroth, kind of just like throws his hands up in the air, are deceived. Yeah. It says his work goes deeper than that. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. But he told me, prepare yourself, Abraham. Prepare yourself for the end. So, uh, safer for me. That's funny. Now, I don't have the faintest idea just what the hell he meant by that. Prepare myself for what? I, I don't know. You know, when the investigation unfolded, maybe that was it. When the cops started poking around, maybe he knew they were onto him. Whatever it is, he came into my room once and he said, such a state, such a state, raging like crazy. And he says, if uh, the cops ask me anything, I'm not supposed to say it. They have no shit, I'm not supposed to say anything. Anyhow. But if what you're doing here with these questions, 12 years after whatever the hell happened up at that farm, killing all them folk, they had a, oh man, the scene, the scene, Ugh. cops didn't even know how to handle it. The fact that there was a genuine movie star there too. <laughs> Anyhow, let me make a recommendation to you, Patrick Price, since you're so concerned with my safety, worry a little bit about your own, because digging into it, there's no profit in it, none, no profit. And uh, maybe it's better if you all just go home to your families. You know, hold close the ones that you love. No profit dredging up the past and whatever he was doing. Look where it got him. Was there anything in particular? Obviously, you weren't supposed to speak with the cops. But was there one thing that was prioritized being hidden above all else? 
everything. Connect to trade, distributors, this, that, the other. Again, that's all I focused on. I didn't buy into that bullshit preaching he did. I don't know. You know, maybe he had some secret arcane glimpse of the universe and he knew more than the rest. I didn't care. I was like 22 years old. I was looking for any client I could get in Los Angeles. And I needed to get some starting cash to get my, my firm up and running. And you, you do what you have to do. I didn't know what he was, but no, no. One thing more secret than the other, nah. No. Are we done? Uh, I'm done here. Yeah. Thank you for your time. You're hard working man. So kind. What's that? Said you're a hard working man. It's very kind of you. Now, if you would be even kinder, go ahead and just get the fuck out of my office. As his voice like suddenly shifts into like that kind of nicer tone. It's like, Pamela, I believe uh, Dr. Key, Mr. Price are just leaving. And she kind of opens the door and she's like, oh, well, certainly, Mr. Bookwell, absolutely. Um, oh, thank you, Bookwell. Your advice here is very helpful. Glad to be of service. Uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that I think we're looking for different things, so I'll take my business elsewhere. Um, and then she'll give him a handshake and reach out, shake your hand, and just stare you in the eyes. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your time here in Los Angeles. Thank you. Uh, how much for uh, an appointment? Thank you. On the house. All right. Thank you. And leaves. Okay. So two of you leave and think about what you want to do next. We'll say that's basically your entire morning has kind of Mm -hmm. essentially been uh been filled up uh we will cut then over to uh our our, our wonderful pairing is it somehow always steven and melissa uh but we're not as, arguing this time mm, you're throwing <laughs> oranges at each other i don't know I okay. I didn't see where the work for the money was going. I thought it was just like trolling. And then I was like, oh, that's where that was going. My bad. I didn't see it. <laughs> All right. So the two of you, uh, you're driving North Country. And it's like definitely the further away you get from the heart of Los Angeles, the more wide open it gets. You can see there's developments every which way. Housing developments, commercial developments. Uh every which way uh, but you have the specific uh the specific address location exactly where you need to go you got it from those tax records and eventually you kind of find yourselves weaving down some dirt road so to speak or like kind of you know like uh, crunched up like eggshell kind of or not eggshell like like uh, seashell type of roads uh, and you can kind of hear them crunching on the uh on the tires uh and you uh you pop on out and you can see that extending out before you as you find a what might have one at one point been a sort of a parking space um, for this lot. There's 
all sorts of weeds and stuff growing out of it. Uh, but you, you sort of pull off to the side and um, you can see sort of extending out before you this, this vast and relatively uh, kind of dark. It's not very bright. It's like kind of a, a, a duller green, uh, sort of desaturated like. Uh, you can see in the distance there are what appear to be some um, some some buildings that have seen better days. Uh, they uh, they look just like these black husks, uh, probably burned down in some way. Uh, there is you can see off even further. We'll say to the east, there's what appears to be some kind of construction going on on some sort of the neighboring plots. Uh, when you move about, you you when you were driving up here, you did notice that there were um, several other like actively functioning farms, like where people were still of sort of this, this sort of rural approach to life, and then there were other places where like the farmland had been stripped, and you can see that there are like homes, housing developments, shopping developments, and stuff kind of getting pulled up. So there's this weird tug of war between old rural new construction and then there's this place uh, right in the middle when you step out of the car you are immediately hit uh in with like this this sort of wafting this scent not not it's not it's how the hobo um, followed us you're immediately it's not the hit. hobo it definitely like there is the smell of like this sort of lingering pungent odor uh that doesn't really have any particular you don't see any immediate sort of source of it. Uh, but it, it kind of wafts up into your nostrils really a bit to the point where you find yourselves kind of like grabbing at your nose just to sort of shake it away for a moment. Um, but you are here. What would you like to do? So Marie kind of reaches into kind of her bag and kind of grasps out a, a bit of like a lady's handkerchief that she just sort of kind of puts over her nose a bit and just like, oh, my, I was... I was hoping that this would be a little more like, oh, you know, back home in the Midwest where you go out to farmland and uh, you get the bright smell of nature. Would you like to investigate this smell as, as well? Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> Start so, wandering around looking for the source of the smell, apparently. Okay. <laughs> uh, so as you start wandering around uh you notice that the grass is very very high like once you start pushing away from the spot where like the roads has been has sort of been flattened down uh you can tell that in some cases the grass the high grass goes all the way up to your you know your thighs you almost your waists here and there and so you find yourself kind of crunching through things left and right uh definitely um the smell does seem to be originating you think from some of these broken down sort of blackened buildings here and there um, you, uh, you do notice, I would say that probably there's probably a lot of, uh, like insects kind of flying around here and there. Like you can see they kind of land on, uh, some of the, some of the stalks of grass. You can see sometimes they land on like a nearby bit of rubble or a rock on the ground. And sometimes they land quickly on your, uh, on your, on your, your shoulders or on your hat and you kind of swipe them away really fast. Uh, but you're pretty sure that it probably originates from the, from that can some from the uh, the burnt down buildings there. 
Watch where you step, Miss Wynn. Snakes love the tall grass. Uh, that is a uh, very true statement. I am, uh, this is not quite what I was hoping to find, but I am also pleased that there are not residents here that we have to somehow explain why we are barging onto their property. So I suppose I will take the vacancy and appreciate that there are not anyone that is asking us questions. I will, uh, out of my makeshift satchel from uh, Patrick's pillowcase, um, I will pull out my gun belt and put it on, uh, and I'll try to blaze a trail through the field towards the burned-out buildings, uh, just trying to like flatten out as much grass to make it easier for uh, Sissy May to follow. Okay. Um, this isn't particularly difficult. Uh, you do manage to sort of stamp down some of the earth, uh, make sure the stalk's going to bend over, Marie, you could easily follow him without a whole lot of of effort. Um, both of you, go ahead and roll a spot hidden, if you'd like. Ooh, I like these. 50-50. Uh, I'm rolling 20. so many. <laughs> Somebody fails, but I'll, 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 I will likely spend the 19 to succeed. Okay. Uh, 25 under 84. Wow. Okay. So that is a uh, that is a hard success. Pastor, when you first got here, uh, you passed by a plot that where there was like construction um, that seemed to be going on. Um, there was like a whole like construction crew kind of working on what looked like a like they're probably building some plots of, of, of places for you know homes might be going in. Uh, you noticed when when you drove up that they were all attending to their jobs but in the time it's taken you to hop out of your cars and kind of truck you know truck through this this heavy grass uh you notice that there are now a couple of them that have sort of detached from their whatever they're doing the construction and they're kind of standing at the top of a hill kind of looking down at the direction of the of you two uh there are good three four hundred yards away like they're they're a ways off uh but you can see them very clearly uh and then marie if you're spending the 19 um yes. you notice that there are now and pastor you would also see this too um there are around the area uh almost obscured by some of the high grass uh there's more than just like this this, this sort of burnt down uh, buildings here and there you definitely look and you see that there are well there's some areas that appear to like a like construction maybe was attempted here uh like where ground was broken you can see some patches in that high grass where it looks like digging uh, like fresh digging had been done here and there um i would say the two of you probably get this sense um if any of you if either of you have any experience with with sort of construction or even just observing as you were coming up it definitely looks like ground was attempting to be broken in this area, but abandoned. And you can see that growing up from some of those freshly uh, broken ground, there's some weeds and things. So it's probably been a little while since they attempted it and abandoned it for reasons. Pastor Wood, it, it, it appears that this land has not lain vacant since 1924. See the outlines there. It appears that they attempted to put something here and, and were not successful. I believe you're right. 
And there's a lot of money that's been flowing into this city, I'm sure. An open field is ripe for development. I wonder what, what happened that caused it to go under. We could certainly make some inquiries, I suppose. We'll add it to our to-do list. So, how far away would these like burned-out buildings be? We'll say at this point, like as you guys are walking from your car across the sort of grass field, you are essentially now at what looks like these uh, these burned buildings. There's two of them. They're separated. They're not like right next to each other. But I'll put you guys like between them so you can easily access either. Um, you did really well in your spot, hidden pastor. I would say you would probably be able to, and especially considering like where you're, where you're from Texas and sort of more rural areas and such, uh, you would probably hazard that one of them is likely a farmhouse and one of them is likely a barn. I say we start with the old farmhouse here. Perhaps we should stay together. You never know if there might be squatters. Uh, yes. Uh, if there was a party here, it might have been more likely that that was at the barn, but we can certainly start at the farmhouse and go from there. I start heading okay. towards farmhouse. Uh, so the so when I say farmhouse, I mean they used to be farmhouses. Now right, right, right. Sort of the black, uh, hideous rubble. Um, as the two of you are kind of going through, uh, you can tell that there's some spots where it looks like the debris was a, was like almost removed and then stopped. Like you can see these drag marks on the ground that suggests like, uh, that they had like, like a crew had started to clear this out, but there's still a significant amount of blackened, uh, blackened charred rubble here. And it, it kind of, you know, goes away to like dust. If you make any major contact with it, it's been sitting here for, for 12 years, obviously underneath it, there are some sturdy beams and such and here and there. Um, as the two of you are sifting through and kind of carefully stepping here and there so as not to just break something, uh, you guys see something. You see one of one of the beams uh, or one of the this sort of plank of wood that was still in decent shape suddenly clatters down, <laughs> just flops onto the ground a handful of feet from you. My I investigate word. further. But Pastor, what do you, you get a little closer, you look down, uh, and you can see on the ground, uh, there looks to be like a, a handful of these sort of shredded, ripped apart mice, like field mice, like just guts ripped up. It's soggy in the ground and it's recent. Like you can see it's still liquid. Like the blood is still liquidy as not dried. You see this? doesn't look like anything was eating them. Something eats a mouse, there's not much left. What foulness is that? Something's toying with it. Marie, as then, you lean over and take a look, behind you guys, you hear <laughs> as this other plank just flops down to the ground behind you. Watch where you're stepping now. Let's make sure that we don't have anything near us or over us. This place is still, still shaky. So okay. Marie wants to sort of uh, step back a bit to look up kind of where they're coming from. Like, okay. 
So the farmhouse at one point was probably a two-story building. There's really no second story that's fully intact, but you can see some of the walls are partially there, but kind of tipped like the skeleton of the studded frame. Like there's a couple vertical beams that are still in place. Uh, and then just parts of the roof have come down, kind of flattening what that second story would be. And the rubble is so high as it almost looks like a, like a second story. And all of it is blackened and charred. And as you take a, a step back, Marie, and you look up, you see like this dark recess and you just hear something shuffling and then launching out of that black recess, you see some sort of orange red little streaks of gray come flying out and land directly uh, on your, on your body and just starts as this hideous feral cat lands and just starts gnawing like kind of at your chin and your jaw uh go ahead and roll a dodge test to see if you can get out of the way i was just about to say that the only creature i know of evil enough to do that to mice is a house cat (laughs) (laughs) oh no no that's a 60 over 35 all right, go ahead and take a point of damage as you are now wrestling with this feral cat that is gnawing away and you keep trying to pull it off, but its claws are thick. They haven't been cared for and they're just digging deeper into your clothes, getting tangled. Pastor Wood, you are standing just a few feet away. You see she is just struggling to just to pull this cat off of her. What do you do? I've got the pistol out. I'm not pointing it at her. Uh, but I want to reach out and just try to grab the cat by the scruff and just throw it away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and I'll say, let's just make this a, uh, a brawl. That sounds good. Let's just make it a brawl. Marie is a cat lover, so that's not going to be her favorite way of problem solving this. <laughs> While she is frightened, the sight of the gun is also not necessarily uh, what she My, would have uh, been hoping Norse for. Foundry dice are on fire, though. Uh, 17 under 53. Uh, okay, you reach, you grab it, you throw it, you see it smash against uh, a, like a, a big plank and just fall to the ground limp. I, I point the gun at it for a second, and when it doesn't come back to us, I uh, lower the gun and I start walking towards it. Okay. Marie, you're bleeding from what feels like a very hefty, Gosh. kind of painful bite just underneath your jaw. Are you okay, uh, Miss Wynn? And I'll toss her my handkerchief. Oh, yeah. Which is no, more of a bandana. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. So, oh, goodness. I, I believe that I, I love cats. I really do. But but those have diseases. And she's kind of holding the handkerchief. The handkerchief that I toss you actually has some of Shima's blood on it from the dog bite. Too, so. <laughs> That's right. Oh, good gracious. I was like, I was like so many He's washed ago. it, but it's stained. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Pastor, you, you approach, uh, when you get close, your rear spot hits. I know you can see that it's still breathing. It just seems that you've like stunned it, knocked it out and it's kind of fallen limp there on the ground. Uh, you can see that there's like orange and sort of reddish fur, but then there's like these streaks of gray. It's probably older. Um, you can see as, as, as some of the, the fur has kind of gone. Um, but it's, it's laying there on its side. Um, what do you feel like doing? Well, it looks like it's alive. You want me to put it down? I, oh, dear, and she sort of comes over and she just looks at it and 
I just and she kind of looks back at the ripped up mice there. Um either one of you could roll a medicine or if you have the science biology, you can roll that too. Uh I've got a one in medicine, so I will not roll that. <laughs> I also have a one in medicine and a one in science. Do uh, we set you... the wrong cruise the wrong place? <laughs> this is so backwards. Uh, do either of you have any kind of life science or survival or anything like that that might apply, or even a? Uh, yeah, I've got track. Uh, sure. I'll I mean, I've track. got a ten in survival, but it's better than a one, so I'll roll it and see what I've happens. I've got a ten in survival both. too. That's the base. You could actually, you know what? Both you could just roll it in test. Just roll it in test. It's fine. I got a 12. I'll spend the two to pass. I jinxed oh, myself. I got survival? an 86 over 80. In, that's fine. Uh, I'll spend the six to pass the end. Okay. Uh, so between Sissy May's survival test uh, and, uh, and Pastor Woods into the two of you as you're kind of looking down at the creature, um, it is definitely a very feral cat you can tell it's got scars and such from likely fights here and there with other old scars that have, that have long since healed over uh, you don't notice anything particularly you know strange about the cat other than it seems relatively unwarranted homicidal uh, behavior towards Marie uh, but one thing that kind of stands out to you is that um when you when you look at like Marie's you know Marie's like actual you know markings on her on her jaw there pastor it's probably easier for you to see um it's kind of an odd looking uh bite uh it doesn't look like it would be it doesn't look like as though the, like a cat bite, uh, like they have very like a very like healthy, uh, like a like a healthy mouth. Like you're seeing like things are kind of crooked and sort of gnarled. Like there's scrapings. Either it kind of bit it in a strange way, but then when you kind of lift up a bit of the uh, the cat's mouth, you can see that the the teeth are um, well quite healthy. In fact, you can see like very sharp, very healthy, and it doesn't like if you were to take like a cast of of what is on Marie's jaw and then you compare it to what just bit her. It just doesn't really seem to make sense. Like it just sort of feels a little strange. And I'm right in here, hear me out. And I pick up this unconscious cat and I like pull its mouth open so you can see its teeth. It's got yes. most of its teeth here. It's a bit older. It's missing one or two, but it doesn't have any trauma. Yes. Yes. Pastor Wood, I've seen the inside of a cat's mouth before. I've, I've seen a small mirror in your purse that you can look at the wounds. And I just dropped the cat. You'd be able right to see. Drop the cat, by the way. It and it bites you in the ankle, uh, right on your, uh, Pastor Wood. And then it darts away into the high grass. I should have shot it when I had the chance. I tried to let you do it. All right, it's fine. If you have a small makeup mirror or of something, you look. Of course, yes. Yeah, that and what bit you is not the same mouth that was on that cat. 
I, 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 I saw the cat. I saw it jumping at me. I felt no, it biting the cat me, and I watched you. you throw it. But it was not That's... the cat's mouth that bit you. Do you understand what I, I'm saying here? I, what we've been hearing I about Golgoroth, the thing with a thousand mouths. And then I'm she saying, thinks I think, back to visions and, and whatnot. And oh, Satan oh. is at work here. And that was one of, there's something about this place that's affected that cat. Are you saying we need to go chase it down? No, the right cat now. doesn't matter. This place. There's something about this place. Something lasting. Oh my. Well. And Pastor so, Wood is just completely bullshitting here. He doesn't actually know this for any hard evidence, but he's sounding extremely confident. Well, and Marie's seen some weird things. So, like, and she's very concerned because she got bit in the neck by this thing. And so sort of this description of these issues is um, not uh, comforting at all in any possible I'd like way. to look at my ankle as well to see what that bite looks like. Looks very similar to what you have in Marie's. Marie's chin. You see what I'm saying here? Yes, yes, uh, quite. Um, we should continue our investigation here and uh, keep an eye out for, and now she just is sort of like uh, um, wincing a little right. bit as she sort of looks One up minute. to see if there's uh, anything else. Are you done with that that handkerchief? Oh, uh, yes, I, I can. Uh, I take know, it back it. and I stuff it in my sock on the ankle so that I can pull down my pants. I, I don't want to have to buy new pants. I, blood stains are frustrating to get out. It, you, it's the cold water. Cold water is the secret. I'll keep that in mind. So you spend a few minutes kind of sifting through the rubble of the farmhouse. You don't really find anything else of interest. You probably shift over to the barn. And eventually you come across something kind of curious. Um, one of the beams from the barn seems to kind of collapse to one side, kind of away from the building. And it seems to effectively survive the fire, so to speak. It doesn't have the kind of heavy... Uh, fire damage, like the black and charred nature of so many, so many else. And the two of you can notice as you sort of sweep away some dust um, and dirt that have covered it, that there are a number of symbols uh, that seem to have been carved into it. Uh, so you can, you're welcome to roll on a cult, um, but also I'll take a spot hidden as well. Always take a spot hidden. Okay. Uh, Marie, do you want to roll under cult? 50. Okay. Oh, I, I did the spot hidden. You did spot Sorry. hidden? Okay. Is anyone rolling uh, the occult? There are two different... I should have rolled the cult because I rolled a five, but I did roll spot hidden. Uh, so okay. uh, 584 is still pretty good. Okay. Uh, what I'll say is can, that the... Well, I can spend we'll, luck we'll just, to pass we'll just go. Cult. Well, if you want to, it's fine. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, so a couple of things as you guys are, are looking at this and you're looking around the, f the, the barn and everything. 
one thing you one other thing you start noticing pastor as you you look up and you can see that there's sort of these gaps in the high grass around you and about 30 feet or so out from the barn there are all these like small flat stones that seem to be pressing down so the grass so the grass is not growing and you also notice that there are various inscriptions or symbols and such that have been kind of carved into it. You start kind of walking around the perimeter of it and it kind of looks like at some point these stones were likely laid out in some kind of ring around the barn itself. Uh, Marie, with your occult, you just got a regular success. Yeah, you're not sure exactly how to to sort of decipher them. Um, you've probably had some discussions with Shima, uh, who seems to be the most occult um, curious of all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did see like various imagery and things like that on the walls of Joy Grove. And these aren't the same, but they have sort of similar artistic sort of style. Um, but much the way that with Joy Grove, it seemed, according to Shima, that there were just like all of these different cultural images kind of thrown about um some of them occult some of them more folkloric um or historical anthropological in some way and they were just like this hodgepodge of stuff as you spend some time studying this and we'll say and this is as pastor wood is kind of moving around as pastor was kind of looking at some of the other things this is all taking a little bit of time one thing that kind of seems a little curious to you murray is that they almost seem like some of it seems inconsistent. Like you have like this set of symbols that all look to have the same kind of iconography associated to them. Like you can see a consistency, much like, you know, an alphabet, the various curves and mm-hmm. the serifs and the different imagery and all of it kind of looks the same. But then there's this whole other set, you know, there's whole, there's a whole other set of like imagery to that. That seems not contradictory necessarily because you're not entirely sure of the meaning of them. But they certainly seem like there's like two layers of things going on. Like there's there's like one specific set and then there's like this sort of secondary like under layer as if there's almost like a duality of purpose, like something something like one of the sets might be like obfuscating the other in some particular way. It seems mm-hmm. it's, it's very it's very confusing. You probably wish I was here, maybe. But you're pretty sure <laughs> definitely like something you're pretty sure that there's this isn't just something so simple as one singular occult practice it looks almost like two things are at odds here and how mm-hmm. it's being does uh, it almost laid out does it look like there's different um like methods like one like one's painted and one one's carved or it's like different like it, like it happened no. at different times you can tell uh well it's hard to at this point i would say to tell the difference in time because it's been over 12 years um since this has happened it's been 12 years two months uh since we're in october of 36 and it's happened in you would assume august 24 or nearabouts Mm -hmm. uh but it's less about that it's more just it's like it's the equivalent of if somebody looked at you know english letters and then they looked at chinese lettering it's kind of has that sort of strange combination that sort of and i'm not saying they're chinese letter i'm just using that as an, as an analogy yep yep okay so she'll she'll do her best uh since shime is not here uh she'll do her best to sort of 
you know, take out some paper and, you know, kind of take some notes so that she can, you know, kind of share um, to the best of her ability um, for further study. And so we'll say that why uh, I know there's there's more that you might want to do at the farm, but we'll say that what Pastor Wood is is circulating around, why Marie is taking some notes of what she see. There's plenty more that you can do if you want. We'll cut back for a bit uh, to Patrick and Beverly. Um, just finished up your interview with Abraham Buchfold. Um, what would the two of you want to do next? Still middle of the day for you. You're downtown Los Angeles. You don't really have an easy way of communicating with Pastor Wood and Marie. It's 1936. You guys don't have cell phones, so you have no idea what they're up to. What are the two of you doing? Well, babe, we, we said we meet up up north. Anything else in town you need? Um, The only thing I can think of is we learned about Samson Trammell and looking into him. It's Trammell, fella. Yeah, he said, uh, Bookfold said he's inner, he was in a circle of the cult. What do we know? What do we know about him? Not much, to be honest. So it's a hard lead to follow. Did we say when we'd meet up with them? If we need to go now, we can. I can. I can research him once we return. Uh, I mean, you guys don't really. It, it's nineteen thirty-six. You don't know how long it's going to take you to get there. Like you didn't really set up. Like it's. It doesn't really work. Just send me a text. <laughs> so. Uh, so no, you guys just tell me what is it this do you want to do? Uh, head north toward the lands. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll say that the two of you get in the car and you start traveling north. Um, we'll say for the sake of, of ease and fun, uh, we'll say that by the time pastor Wood can, you know, does his sort of like walk of the, of the property and Marie, you finish, um, you finish scratching down the various things that you that you see um we'll say pastor wood and marie you see a second car driving up uh the same kind of dirt road uh pastor wood with your spot hidden you also notice that the like there's a again those those construction screw the construction crew guys are like still like in the distance they're like literally watching you guys but the car coming up Gives you pause for a moment until you see the doors open and out come Beverly and Patrick. And so we'll say you're all together. Um, We'll say this is early afternoon, like a two or three o'clock kind of deal. Um, You guys are all together. Lord Murray, that's more than a close save. This, oh my goodness. uh, And this creature, cat, I suppose, but um, Pastor Wood has some theory as to the mouths. Um, it got him in the leg as well. It was uh, quite quite, un- quite unpleasant. I'll be downright irritable if I have to buy another pair of pants. Were, were, you, were you both successful this morning? No, we met with a fellow named Butchwold. Seems like an honest accountant. But he Did told us... Mm-hmm. Got a couple things out of him. Didn't participate in the orgy. Uh, he advised that someone named Samson Trammell was inner circle of the cult. Trammell. Well, that's a coincidence. We came across his name this morning as well. Yeah. A man named Sam Trammell paid for Mr. Echeverria's gravestone, which was quite mundane, unfortunately. Yeah. No leads there. 
there's a few things I want to look into. He said something about a testament to society was a bad time. And that they participated in nectar trade. Which nectar is what they referred to the drug that they that they took. It was uh, worse than opium or heroin. They sold it to distributors. And um, you know that mob family you kept talking about? Ancone. Yeah, he said something about before he died, they started talks. He's not sure where it went from there. Um, but something about their ships, I think. And as she's saying this, she's like, She's like referring to her notes that she has, but her like she was writing so quickly once they got back in the car that it's her handwriting's pretty sloppy. Well, that's actually interesting because we we had a we had a, a chat with a with a, a fellow that was uh, taking a bit of a respite outside of the graveyard, and he mentioned that there are um, folks that engage in in parties uh, off of the docks. There are. Uh, party ships, I believe he called them. That he said they were tied to the Akone family as well. I wonder if they have nectar. And it's possible that Mr. Echeverria's uh, penchant for parties has been passed on. The the gentleman that we spoke with did indicate that... Um, Will you quit calling him a gentleman? It was a man who was still passed out in the gutter. He still is worthy of respect. And he indicated uh, that individuals that engage in in drug use, which he does not, that they go on these parties. So it does appear that the involvement of the drugs that was going on in 1924 is still quite active. So I guess it stands to question, how much is the drug actually still tied in with the cult versus... It was just used to fund their activities. Well, certainly can be will live on any head it lands on, I suppose. Anyways, what are what are we looking for out here? Oh, I so wish that uh, Miss Shima had not uh, gone off on her own today. She would have absolutely been fascinated by these stones. And and Marie will kind of loop arms with uh, Beverly and kind of show her the stones and the symbols and all of that. Is this the place where the events took place? The fog? Indeed it is. And if you look over here, and I'll start pointing around the ring of stones... Uh, Miss Wynn has been dutifully taking notes uh, for the linguists in our group here. But as far as we can tell, these stones, they could be 12 years old. It, there's no reason to believe that they weren't here when the incident happened. Have you gotten a good look around yet? Uh, we've gone through the remnants of the the farmhouse here, and that's where that devil attacked us. We've yet to go through the barn. Well, I'll give you a hand. Uh, so the barn, by the way, is where you found the beam. The oh, beam. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'd say you guys have have gone through the burnt out buildings. Um, looking around the regular plot of, of land, you that's when you found like some of those other carvings and things like that. Um, you remember from the stories that you were told that there was a summoning, right? Uh, and so you've got this like circle of stones and you got these 
these various occult um, symbols, uh, you might be able to sort of put two and two together that hypothetically maybe this was this was likely part of that ritual somehow. Uh, doesn't account for that kind of weird dichotomy, uh, but you would it, it would safe to assume that it probably has something to do with it. Um, otherwise, there's um, there's neighbors, there's neighboring plots of land. There's still active farms all over the place here and there. Uh, there, you never know how long these the, these these types of land stay in families for generations, uh, much like the Henslow. Uh, and then you've got the neighboring construction site where you've been sort of being spied on. Uh, but other than that, there's really nothing else that sort of stands out. Um, oh. Should we go speak with those construction workers? Yes, I hadn't noticed them earlier, but they seem to have taken an interest in what we're doing, and perhaps they are have taken an interest prior to today. So Marie will kind of head in the direction of the nosy folks okay anyone go with her? jeff you said we feel like we've been pretty thorough with this area i would say you have thoroughly gone through both of the debris uh and the fields uh like surrounding that's where you're able to find those stones and things like that yeah briefly checking the stones um when Marie showed them to me, would I have recognized any of the symbols from things that Shime and I have discovered prior? Uh, no, no, I don't think there's anything you probably would have, would have, would have discovered. Nah, okay. uh, maybe like a recognizable, like I said, sort of like, think of it like a hieroglyphic alphabet, so to speak. You, you might recognize process. You might recognize, mm. recognize patterns, but, you know, you're not a proficient occultist and practitioner of summoning, you know, gods yeah. and stuff, are you, Beverly? No. I don't think Shine uh, is either. Oh, <laughs> none of that is Latin, is it? No, no, definitely not. Okay. Uh, I can tell Pastor you Wood speaks to gods all the time. Gods, plural? Gods. Wow. Ooh, wow. We just progressive. What a There's three in one. Uh, here we go with the technicalities. <laughs> The machine spirit, the omnissiah, and the <laughs> force. Oh, sorry, it's not funny. Okay. Off right. by a day. Uh, so, does anyone go with Marie? If Marie yeah, recorded with. the stone etchings are right there, I'll maybe deface it, maybe move the stones away, kind of sure. destroy the yeah. place. Yeah. Um, and then, so Pastor was going to go with Marie. Patrick, you start sort of breaking. The, the beam that's got this, that's got the image, that's got the various carvings, the stones as well. Uh, what about you, Beverly? Um, I think Beverly would have just, she wouldn't have left Patrick alone. So she would have been taking notes of the things as Patrick's destroying them as well. Okay. Um, as the two of you, and again, we're separated. You're not that far away. You're just going through and pick up a hammer, pick up a stone. Maybe there's some various like burnt piece of, uh, a uh, farm equipment, something like that you can pick up and you just start smashing this, smashing that, smashing this. Um, hammer might crumble in your hands or something, but you go through it. But you find yourselves, both of you uh, that are nearby, you find yourself just like this, this swarming of insects just coming up from the high grass somewhere. Just, you just kind of feel yourselves having to swat this and swat your neck, swat your arm, you know, this, that, and the other. 
each time you like kind of go through the next one. It might just be coincidence. You might just be sweating from the, you know, from all of the, uh, the effort it takes to swing that hammer over and over Patrick and to pick up the stone and smash it down. But you just find yourself constantly. It's almost like you're back in the swamp again, back in Savannah as you just keep whacking these, uh, uh, these mosquitoes and flies and bugs. Meanwhile, uh, pastor wood Marie, you climb up the hill and you can see like the, like two guys are kind of standing there. One of them's got his arms crossed. He's a good, he's big guy. Like he's a good, like six, four. Uh, and you can tell that he has a, a significant amount of muscle on him, probably from a very, uh, hard labor kind of life. Um, both of the guys here are like kind of drenched in sweat and sunburn, like whatever skins exposed is just sort of reddened and hardened. They look like hard, hard workers. And as you get up the, the hill, um, and they're like, they, they kind of call out, what do y'all think you're doing down there? Afternoon, fellas. We're sorry to interrupt your day's work. I can tell that you got quite a bit to do. Uh, we're acting on behalf of the, uh, current owners of this property, uh, doing some investigation, uh, for now? insurance purposes. For insurance purposes. So, uh, so that means you're, you're probably enacting on behalf of Ned, are you? He sent you down here? I'm not sure exactly who it was. It was a company that contacted us. What's the name of that company there, sir? Uh, I don't have my paperwork on me. I, you know, I, I'm not the the one that handles all the bureaucracy. I can look are, it up for you, you. It's in the car. Are, are you concerned about new neighbors moving into the area? Uh, you seem to be quite interested in what we're, what we're up to this fine afternoon. So, like, the two of them are like, well, ma'am... He kind of takes his hat off at that point, like runs the hand back through. Well, ma'am, I'm concerned because that property down there happens to belong to the company that we work for. And that lot down there is to be developed, much like this one here and that one over yonder. And your oh, friend dear. here. Yeah, no disrespect, but yeah, I know we're on a farm. But I can smell bullshit from a mile away, and a lot of it seems to be coming out of this one's mouth. Well, I sure we would not be in, intending to uh, interfere with some business proceedings. I, it didn't appear, though, that you are as far in progressing in construction on this uh, side of the land as you seem to be over there. Well, that's that's correct. There have been some been some difficulties on the lot that you all were trespassing on. I, by difficulties, is this that it's quite the local history of this land here. Just mm, awful, I've heard awful some things. And the locals around here will tell you some stories. They will. I. By stories, are you intimating that they are untrue? I'm not intimidating anything, ma'am. I'm just stating that when 
we've encountered some of the locals. They they have stories to tell about some kind of well, some kind of violence that went down in that place. Well, and it 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 seems that oh my 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 goodness, even even that the creatures that are still living there are are not uh, the tamest of sorts. And so she has this sort of her own bloody handkerchief, like kind of ladies' handkerchiefs that she sort of put up by her neck and, and just like, oh. Yeah. That's Foulness. Like a good one there. And he extends his leg and he kind of pulls up his, his work pant leg. And you can see what looks like like a scar from almost like fangs. And he'd be like, yeah. Snake got me good. And then old Tim down there, pretty sure he got hit by the same snake, or I'm not sure. And then I think uh, Randall, he kind of looks over, kind of points to the guy standing next to him. He was just sort of standing by, like letting the bigger dude talk. He's like, yeah, he got bit by a dog down there too, rabid. And I think one of the, <laughs> one of the ranchers around here had a problem when he was grazing some cattle as well. Yeah, and that's some of the difficulties we've been having. You, you might My say. word, that is quite the amount for one area. So much more yes. than those around. Yes, ma'am. It like that. You're lucky you still have your leg. Yes, sir. Now, is there something we can help you with? Since you are most certainly not part of the company that currently owns that plot of land so you mentioned earlier that the locals around here can uh tell some stories i suppose they can yeah there any particular of the uh neighbors that are a bit more inclined to uh flap the gums as it were than others <laughs> he just starts chuckling he looks over at randall looks up at him and starts chuckling uh I mean, no disrespect, but not to either of you, ma'am. You all have the, well, you have the reek of city folk. They'll probably refer to you as, well, maybe not this one, as he points at Pastor Wood, but he smells like something else, and they'll see it coming too. But uh, most of the folk around here don't much care for anyone coming up from the city, and they don't much care for us and what we're doing here and they certainly don't care for whatever folk come wandering up from Venice or Glendale or wherever else they're coming from to move into these homes oh so, uh I don't think they're gonna open up too much to you I can say that but uh we did um kind of looks over at the other what was a guy's name we did meet a rancher who uh he wasn't so bad. He uh, told us a story how uh same thing happened to him. He was, uh, it was before we started construction. He said he was used to try to graze cattle down there in the field. And bad idea. First, because it's illegal. And second, because I think he lost, uh, lost three, uh, three of his bulls in the attack. Various creatures popping up left and right dog here wolf there coyote what have you woke up one morning there they were 
And then he uh, took that as a lesson. He moved away, moved them off there and back onto his own property, that kind of thing. So, but your story of a ornery vermin is not, uh, it's not original. As I said, few of us have encountered similar issues and it's not a good place to be. Best they just burn it from a distance and clear it out, but I doubt they're going to do that. So that's why we've been kind of working over on this here plot and that one, even though it's a little bit inefficient. This one part of the phase was supposed to be coming sooner, but it was really just slowing us down. I might imagine that uh, such stories about an area could deflate the value. Perhaps others locally would not want to even throw their hat in the ring if it had been up for sale. Is that the case? Oh, well, I know some of the folks around here certainly tried to buy the land. Uh, I, as far as I know, some of them tried to buy it long before we, we purchased it, but, uh, you know, we have it now. So I guess they didn't have enough money to buy it or whatever it might be, or negotiations didn't go the way they wanted it. Yeah. What was it? Neighborhoods, uh, all sorts of directions. Times are changing. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, I realize uh, I haven't answered a lot of questions for you, and that's just because I'm a gentleman. Uh, but you still haven't answered mine. What is it the two of you doing up here? For real? Well, you see, they're even not being locals to this area. There are stories of what have occurred, what have occurred here, and still some questions about the things that occurred. And so, we've actually traveled quite a ways to attempt to set some minds at ease or finish the story for some individuals it's quite the tragedy and not just for those that lost their lives that day well i can't say that any of us really know a whole lot about it we are not local we are workers staying up here temporarily as we work on these projects but we've heard a thing or two uh but uh, i reckon that none of them folk uh are here any longer a lot of people died, as far as I understand it, in quite a gruesome way. Tabloids had all manner of story about it. I seem to recall reading a little bit about it when I was a younger man. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you just had to ask yourself a question. If something truly terrible were to happen here. You think they would tell us? You think they would hide it? Sometimes I think they would hide it. And that's why the missus, well, she likes to bring home some of them tabloids. And she insists to me that they, well, they tell the deeper truth. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, that's just not right. But I remember years back, there was that fella. You remember that fella, Randall? What was that? The actor, you know, the one in all them horror movies and such. Well, the rumor is, 
I talked to one of them ranchers around here. Swore they saw that fella up here. You know, fancy look. Richard Spen. I got it. There you go. Mr. Spen. He was in, in that Clark Gable picture. Yes, he yeah. was. Yes, he was. The, the, the forest. Something about a forest. I don't know what it was. I just know Clark Gable was in it and it made the missus happy to take her to see it. Saved up three weeks just to afford it. Anyhow, he testifies over and over that he saw that man up here, left and right, left and right. He was one of the ones that got dragged away, body bags and such and pieces. But that's not what the newspaper tells you, right? That's not what they said. They said he died peacefully, you know? So, like I said, don't read, don't believe everything you read. Because something bad happens, if it's bad enough, well, they'll hide it from you. Maybe it's maybe it's property values or something, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's just trying to keep the public in order. Anyhow. Have well, we sufficiently can, answered your questions, ma'am? I'm quite appreciative, and, and you can see why we traveled all this way to see who we might be able to speak to and see things for ourselves for that exact reason that you cannot always trust what you read in the newspaper. The guy next to you, like like the other guy for the first time speaks up. He's like, uh, yeah, you said uh, you traveled a long way. You got for other folk. Is it like your, your mother or something sent you out here? Or you have family that died here? Uh, we have uh, acquaintances who, as I said, sometimes... Uh, death is not the only way that horrible events can Like haunt. a brother or a, like an aunt or something you went to cousin. school with? Cousin. cousin. Oh, that's, that's a shame. So your cousin sent you out of here? Uh, well, family that were concerned about the cousin. You see he's uh, sort of lost some of his faculties after being witness oh. to the events that were oh, here. I'm very sorry to hear that. Very sorry to hear that, you know. We hear all sorts of rumors. If you tell me who that cousin is, I might be able to kind of ask around. They're probably more likely to talk to, you know, to us than they are to you. But. Uh, yes. Um, and so. Uh, Pastor Wood, go ahead and roll a psychology test. Yeah, I don't know if we want to be telling them many names. <laughs> I was debating, like, uh, which, which name do I get? 55 under 77. So you've been listening very carefully, quietly watching. The big guy who's been doing most of the talking, he seems like a straight shooter. Like, he called you on your bullshit. He did. Um, but you're getting nothing but, like, kind of straight shooter vibes from him. But this other guy is kind of squirrely. Like, he's he was he's really kind of looking you guys up and down. Like really kind of leaning in on it. And then he just starts starts popping up and gets with these like little like testy questions at the end. Well, I believe uh it it's time for us to be going. You all have work to do and we've intruded enough. I apologize for that. I imagine you're gonna be leaving the plot of land too. I see you brought two other folk with you. you we'll all be leaving, you. yes. Probably better for Don't you. Don't worry, we'll be leaving it unharmed. And your property will be just fine to be developed. He's like looking over, and there's Patrick. Smash, <laughs> smash, <laughs> right. smash. Unharmed, oh, oh huh? dear. 
Oh, uh, I believe he's just clearing up rocks for y'all to, to lay foundation. Yeah. And what what is he doing this one? I did I did not. Yes, I. Oh dear. Oh my. And then sort of that sort of the I, I suppose we should get back and check on exactly what he is doing. Uh, perhaps that might be a good use of our time, gentlemen. Thank you, ma'am. Probably found one of them. The the animals there were, are just oh, and and again she just sort of just like oh oh my neck. Oh, you best go get that looked at, ma'am. Did you have a good day? And then he kind of looks over to Randall. Randall, get back to work. What the hell are you doing? Oh yeah, yeah. So sorry, I was just curious. And he just starts wandering back. And the guy, the big guy, who's been talking to you, he just kind of stands there watching, like he's waiting for you to leave the property. Um, Patrick and Beverly, you're down there. Is there anything else you were doing other than just sort of breaking things, or anything else you wanted to do in that? Uh, or are you you satisfied with just that? I'm satisfied with being a caveman. Is there <laughs> anyone else watching us from like the other properties? No, I mean there's a there's a ton of space between the farmlands. Okay. It's just they're doing construction is pretty close, and they were literally on top of hill watching. That's it. Yeah. No. Then Beverly's just lost in her notes, and once she Patrick's is like, "You ready to go?" That's when she'll get up and. Okay. Marie, Pastor, you rejoin the four of you are now together. Do you leave? Do you linger? What are we thinking? Well, so we now know who owns this property. Uh, it appears to have been sold, uh, supposedly, at least if what we were told is true. It seems to have been uh, sold to the company that is developing uh, everything uh, in this area. Um, multiple stories, though, of uh, not only feral cats, but snake bites and issues with cattle and all sorts of things whenever anyone has tried to come and do anything on this land that it does not uh, appear to go well. Um, there was a rancher who might be willing to share some information. Did I remember that right? Pastor? No. Uh, some of the locals may have stories is what we were told, but we don't really know too much. I, I will say that the men working there were oddly protective of a barren field and one of them one of them was quite squirrely uh, I found him, he, he was prying a little too much, it's one thing to ask about trespassers trespassers, but he wanted specific information under the guise of being helpful I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has ties to other people interested in this land hmm is there any um, identification of the developmental company, like, posted around, like, maybe on a storage container? Um, oh, like the name of a company? No, you don't see anything like that listed around. But it's probably something you could look up in, like, public records since this is run by a public man. Land. You, you might even actually have it if you dig into uh, the, uh, the ownership records of the property because you do know that he sold it, but whether or not whoever he sold it to then sold it again, you're not sure. So, okay. Okay. Well, I do believe that it would be time for us to leave. They seemed a little frustrated by our continued presence. Unless anyone you should else look has around something else. and see that they're, 
probably still looking, for, waiting for us to leave. So. Just the one really tall guy who's just standing up on the <laughs> hill like a mountain. Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, the swarm is agitated. Okay. Beverly will wave at the really tall guy as they're getting in the car. Slowly puts his hand up, <laughs> kind of like tips his cap. In a distance. It's like he's a couple hundred yards yeah, away. So you're yeah, seeing yeah, like yeah. a silhouette of the general motion. Okay. So say so you guys get in your cars. You begin your journey back to Pastor Wood is also feeling a bit paranoid after that guy asking for details. Sure. Um, and we were ambushed the last time we left a place. Um, so I would specifically be looking for cars following us. Uh sure. Uh give a spot hidden. Absolutely. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, that's 93. I'll spend the nine points to make it a pass. Okay. Uh, sure, sure, sure. What is your spot hidden? Very high. 84. Uh, I've on. gotten really lucky with some of the development. Gosh. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, you notice that uh, there is a truck following you. Uh, now... By following you, it is a, there's not many roads, so it could just be coincidental, but there does seem to be like a, like a heavy duty truck, uh, like a, like a work truck kind of following you, uh, about 50 yards behind you or so. Melissa, are you the one driving or am I? I don't have very good driving. I have, I, I have drive. Okay. So I assume you're driving. Uh, so I will draw my pistol, uh, and then ask you to, pull off to the side my word what ever is that for we're being followed oh no no not again Murray will pull the car off to the side and see and if then the, the other question other is we're price and key <laughs> in front of us or behind us as we, we were leaving hawking at Murray hey Murray what's the problem <laughs> she stops in the middle of the road so you're behind you just stop uh, yeah, uh, drive to the corner and come back Okay, be quick about it alright there's nothing there but just humor him I guess okay so Patrick Beverly, Marie, in separate cars, you drive further down the road away. And Pastor, you're staying on the side of the road? Yeah, so we pull over, and then okay. one car keeps going, and I want to see what the truck does. Okay. Um, you you see them go, and they drive away, your, your friends. And you see the car, the truck passes you and continues to follow them. Do I get um, a look at the driver as they're going? Um, you have another spot hidden. Because right. you only, you only, yeah, give another spot hidden. As long as I don't crit fail, I probably have can enough luck I can pass it. With you are driving in a car up ahead, though, I thought. No, I'm, no got I, out. she's with We didn't, oh, both we didn't of you swap cars. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we parked one car and oh, then parked, another sorry, car kept I driving. Okay. Um, sorry, I totally misunderstood uh, it. Okay, so then the truck will, uh, so I think what will probably happen is the truck will sort of, look like it's actually hesitating like it stops and then it goes and it stop, and then it sort of veers off to the side of oh, the road and then just behind what looks like this row of trees just sort of parks there 
you can still roll the spot hidden to see if you recognize the, you know, if you could see it, but it's going to be, a, right. I'm going to need a hard success or higher because he's at a distance. Uh, that is a fail for me then, though. I, I rolled 87 over 84. I will not spend the luck for a hard success. Okay. Uh, so uh, I rolled a 35 under 50. So, so I would 10. just have to spend 10. So I'll spend the 10. Uh, Marie, you're, you remember the, the face of the Randall guy like that was standing next to the big man. Um, you never got a name of the big guy because you guys are rude. Uh, and you can see that this, this, this man, Randall, who was kind of very being very inquisitive, getting information about you. He's got this very long, narrow face, sort of big uh, kind of hooked nose almost. And uh, you can see like the profile as he's just sort of like looking a little bit through the windshield, kind of trying to tuck behind like the dashboard. Uh, and you manage as you're on the side of the road, maybe pretending like your car is having trouble or whatever. And you manage to catch a glimpse of that, that nose uh, very easily to easy to determine it. Well, Pastor, it would appear that you your instincts were correct. Uh, that is uh, Mr. Randall. All right, let's wait a moment. Wait for Price and Key to turn around when we see them coming. How about you pull this car around and we uh, we say hello. I'll drive back from the corner. Okay, so he comes back, makes the U-turn, and so now on the road facing you as you guys are on the side okay also facing randall's truck that's a little further back you can see the the car with patrick and beverly come up now what so when we see them coming uh we pull out first so we're in front uh and mm -hmm. then we just stop in the road next to the truck you start but you start driving with patrick driving back direction. to the yeah okay uh make who's driving Marie. Okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining a doing test. a three-point turn in a yeah. 1930s vehicle. Sure. <laughs> On a country road, a dirt road <laughs> in farmland yeah. in the North Country. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and roll a quick drive auto. What are these two oh. up to? If I get something, I'll spend the seven luck to make I that a success. Burning okay. through my luck tonight. You, as you start to drive, you notice that he quickly. Uh, when you start coming back in his direction, he quickly peels out from the, behind the trees where he's, he's kind of parked to the side and tries himself uh, to make a bit of a U-turn. Uh, but you gun it fast enough to essentially cut him off and not allow him to make uh, that turn. And he's like, ah, hey, 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 what's going on here? Come on, what's, what's, come on. And, he, and he's like, get, get out of the road, get out of the road. I will... Uh slip out halfway through the window so i'm like sitting on the door uh, and put the revolver on top of the roof of the car randall was it roll an intimidation test for sure absolutely roll an intimidation test. <laughs> oh i'm so good at intimidation too i'll give I'm you just a bonus a die old pastor. for the okay. gun yeah bonus die is the tens right yeah it's like an extra tens uh Okay, both of my tens dice rolled zeros. Uh, so that's zero, zero, seven. Uh, wow. And my intimidate was 15. Ooh. So that's a hard success. Ah, Holy shit. Ah, I need a picture of this. Uh, uh, yes. 
Whoa, what are you doing with that gun, fella? No need for that. I'm just wondering why you're following us. It's only one road out of the out of the place. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, and that's why you pulled over? I was having some car trouble. Oh, interesting. Pull up, pop the hood. Let's take a look at it. Uh, I think it's fine now. I got it working until that crazy woman comes uh, driving out in the middle of the road. You got to get, get someone killed. This is why women Manners, shouldn't please. drive, he says. I cannot abide a rude man. Will you please step out of the truck? Okay. All right. You, you're going to rob a man. You're going to rob a blue collar working man of his truck. You know, it's a company car. Who said anything about robbing? You've got me by gunpoint. I have yet to point this gun at you, but if it makes you feel better, I'll put it back in the holster. Thank you. It makes me feel better. Now, why were you really following us? I was just, uh, I was just, like I said, I was going back to town. To uh, see who? Uh, my friends. Uh, All right. Now, your friend called me on my bullshit. I think it's fair that I call you on your bullshit. Let's start fresh. We can be friends, but you got to be honest with me. Okay, what do you want to, uh, maybe I don't want to be a friend. Friends don't pull guns on others and try to, try to drive them off the road. Trust me, you want to be my friend, because if you're not my friend, then I, well, let's just not go there. Okay, listen, fella, there's no reason for this, okay? The truth is, I was heading back to town. And I saw you guys driving, so I figured I'd follow you for a little bit. But I was heading, I truly was heading back to town. That's it. That's all I was doing. And then I saw you guys, and I was kind of curious. The truth is, is that a little while back, a guy came asking questions around the lot and gave me $5 that if anyone came poking around, uh, I would let him know. That's it. Five dollars. No harm in that. Money. Make a few, yeah, five dollars. That goes a long way. Exactly. Who was this man? Supposed to, um, hang on. And he kind of reaches into his his pocket. He pulls out this like crumpled, sweaty business card. He just called him Jack. Was his name? And so he hands over to you guys a business card. Jack Pisner, Private Investigation Services. 625 West 5th Street, Suite 24. That's it. Innocent. Okay? Can I go? Well, of course. You can go. Okay. He gets back in the Are car. Are you going to be telling him that we stopped by? Uh, well, funny story about that. I kind of lied already. Uh, I'm not the only one who he gave the $5 to. So even if I don't tell him, someone else is going to. So can uh, I who? just be the one? Well, I, like pretty much everyone in the crew. Can I just be the one to do it? Oh, like uh, the other gentleman that we were speaking. What, what was his name? Oh, no, no. He, Eddie, he, oh, he's he's like a straight shooter kind of guy. He's a. Uh, Old military man. He doesn't like that kind of stuff. No, no, no. He, he, he told the guy to scram. 
the rest of us. We're just laborers. Hey, there's no reason for you not to make easy $5 for a bit of information that doesn't harm anyone. Right, exactly. I, I, and like you already I gave said, me the five, and it would be wrong and inconsiderate of me not to follow through on the, the promise that I made to him for the very $5 that he's already given me. That would I make would hate me to a make very you a dishonest man. man. Thank you. You understand. So you're going to move your car, please, ma'am? Of course. We'll move the car. You, you're free to go. For you. What, I'm sorry? What would What's another that? $5 do for you? Oh, Murray, we don't need to pay this man anything else. He's going to get his $5 nonetheless. Okay, well, I'm just going to go. You guys look like you've got uh, bigger problems, and I'm just going to go back to work, and uh, everyone kind of goes to separate ways. Uh, sorry about that crack about women not being good drivers, even though it was true, clearly, see? Anyhow, have a good uh, resty <laughs> Oh, uh... It does look like you are having car trouble. You've got a flat tire. And I pull out my pistol what? and I shoot his tire. Oh, <laughs> oh, what the hell's no. wrong with you? Yeah. Well, you said you had car trouble. But like I said, you're free to go. And I put the pistol, I reholster the pistol and head towards the car. And he turns and he starts running. <laughs> okay. You guys get back in your cars? Beverly yes. and Patrick didn't get out, so we're yeah. still in our car going, what the fuck? What's going on, Pasta? We're good to go. <laughs> oh, we're good to go. So we'll say, Marie, you, my guys, you guys get back in your cars, you start them back up, and you begin driving back away from the North Country Farms uh, towards, um, you know, greater Los Angeles. And we'll call it there uh, with that as you as you leave the area. <laughs> Having discharged Wow. <laughs> Pester Wood has such a fun combination of like lawman knows the gun, intimidating type, sort of. And Pester, I'm actually really bad at intimidation. I'm glad I passed that. The gun helped in that situation, I think. <laughs> All right. Honestly, I didn't want him to pull a gun. The last time we you were in a. <laughs> But the last on. time we were ambushed, all right, I, I, I didn't want to repeat. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, let's do some closing plugs, and then we will get on out of here. Uh, let's see. Next game Monday, Fragged Empire. Come watch a couple of us here doing some crazy space shenanigans. Hopefully, we'll have my trade back for that. Uh, and then Tuesday, Stephen, what we got going on? We are playing Marvel Multiverse, and it might even be our finale, so make sure you don't miss it uh, as our X-Men uh, end the universe. Uh, that's how we're going to end. Uh, Galactus is just going to eat everything. Which universe? Aren't there like a bunch of them? Earth LOL. Whoa, buddy. That's our universe. What are you about? We need a sequel. Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> Earth LOL 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh fantastic uh after that thursday werewolf the apocalypse we are getting close to the end but it's unlikely that that will be the finale of that uh of that we still have a couple more sessions to go i think uh and then next friday back to delta green and next saturday we'll be back to this also if you have not already please go check out the youtube page adventures and lollygagging you will find all of our current games uh including uh, Monster of the Week and uh, Warhammer 40k Wrath and Glory and all the stuff that we've been doing for the past few years. 
Uh, we got some uh, got some new things coming on the horizon, new games, new ventures and such. So keep an eye out uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get back to you. Uh, looks like my headphones have just died at the absolute perfect time. Uh, so I can't like hear anybody. Say something mean what I'm just going to do is I'm going to say, have a good night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. I am going to raid our friends from Boys from the Baltic Star. Uh, so go ahead and follow that and we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing Bye. 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 Bye.